On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're talking about the most recent Indie World Showcase. Hello everyone, welcome to an episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Ash Paulson. Hello there. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you, man. Thank you for coming out. Of course. I'm always happy to be here. It's it's so nice to only live like 15, 20 minutes away from you guys where I can just pop on over anytime you guys want to have me. We always appreciate having you on the show. Well, thank you. And we're also joined by Kyle Bossman. Hey. How's it going, Kyle? It's going okay. This is a very highly anticipated episode of Franco. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. We have been building up to this for almost a year, actually, because there's been one of these a month. Mm -hmm. Twelve months of these A Day with Pikachu Funko. They're Funko Pops. Do you believe that? They're no, no, actually no. They might be Funko. They're not Funko Pops. Okay, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for the correction. They're from Funko, but like would you expect them to make something that looks no. normal? I actually did not know until we were recording this that these were actually Funko because they I they're things I would want to own myself. I never yeah. want Funko Pops are awful. So these yeah. are great. I'm wow. not a fan of Funko Pops. Was a fan of these. Didn't really intend to do it, but got halfway through it and I was like, had this idea about wow. Wouldn't it be brilliant to have Kyle come in and rank these things? And that's what we're going to do. Been touting it for months. It's happening now. They are based around each month of the year. Uh, they have a theme, North American Hemisphere. So as they came out, they were doing the months for, so we just went through like the winter months. We're now heading into spring. So it started last spring. Oh. I believe the first one was the St. Patrick's Day, which it is. <laughs> wow. That's today. That's wow. Actually perfect. Perfect. Wow. Mm-hmm. Started there, uh, went with a rainy day Pikachu, um, and culminated all the way, I believe, with uh, – February. Uh, February, yeah, the 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 Groundhog Day spoof one yep. with uh, Diglett. Mm-hmm. Nice. And Kyle, I've seen you kind of make remarks about these here and there, mm-hmm. but I'm very curious because in my mind I have ones I don't like and ones I like, but I'm really curious to see what you think about this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, listeners, they're all like two and a half inches tall. Yes. Imagine <laughs> two, a, bunch of, a bunch of Pikachus, various expressions, two and a half inches tall, various costumes. The first one I want to call over, Damiani, okay. is this one who's on an inflatable raft. Oh, a inflatable Psyduck. So this looks oh, like a summer great. Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's riding a wave. It has a little blue cola or something that is <laughs> Like on an icy? Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's an icy. See, yeah. I was going to say that's blue Kurosawa, so you guys are on a completely... I figured oh. he's a summer, man. He's having a, you know, having a great time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, though he does look concerned, so it's not going to be number one, but I do want you in maybe the top five. Uh, easily number one to me is the groundhog one. Uh, it has a diglet being the groundhog. You can see its shadow and Pikachu's shadow, and it looks terrified. Uh, what an expression. It's not one you get to see naturally Pikachu make, so that's that's true. That's a really special item. Uh, this New Year's Pikachu with a little hoot hoot as its clock, uh, its face is too wide. It's going to be near the bottom. That's going to be a top Ooh, bottom. bottom wide face. So the Pikachu's face is too wide. Yeah, Pikachu's okay. face is too wide. Wow, okay. Uh, uh, we have a sleeping Pikachu in a... Is the is the thing called a cornucopia? I thought so. That's what I call it. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving cornucopia. Uh, really nice little shaman cookie. It's clearly taken a taken a bite out of. It's got some berries, so it's got some nice Pokemon context. Also some nice seasonal context. That's a top three statue right there. Nice. Um, 
Sports <laughs> fan Pikachu uh, with a Victini uh, number one. You know the big foam number one hats. Uh, don't like Victini. That's going to be near the bottom. Wow, Ooh. can't even get caught with the pandering. Uh, Rainy day Ouch. Pikachu uh, is very sad. Maybe I'm just attracted to these sad Pikachus. It's got a puddle beneath it that is see through. <laughs> um, it's wearing a cute little jacket. It's going to be in the top. Uh, the one they started with. Yes. The leprechaun Pikachu. He's got a big old le leprechaun hat. He's definitely in the middle, right? That's just like your standard. Sure. It is what it is. Played sure. it safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, expected. Okay, so the leaves. <laughs> the leaves with the pumpkaboo. Very cute expression. The pumpkaboo is having a really good time. They're in a pile of leaves. Uh, I get very good autumn vibes. So man, this might be a top three as well. We'll we'll settle this soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see what you have over there, Damiani. These are your remaining four. Okay, so something's wrong with, with this snowman one. Okay. So yeah. Pikachu's wearing a Deli Bird hat, which I already hate. Mm -hmm. uh, he Deli, looks like he hates it, too. Deli Bird is expression. the Christmas Pokemon. Yeah, and his expression is <laughs> uh, one of discontent. I, I think he, he made a snowman with a little ditto face, and he's not happy with it. I'm not happy with you. You're a bottom three. Ouch. Um, okay. Fourth of July Pikachu and this spring Pikachu, they belong in the middle. Uh, okay. Flabebe is one of my least, so if you're going to be in the middle... Bump it even further back, because Shades Pikachu. Let's bring okay. him up. Pikachu's, I mean, of course. With curry. I mean, yes. it's just seeing that. Now I'm hungry for curry, thanks mm -hmm. to this guy. So. I had curry for lunch. Pikachu Ugh. wearing sunglasses? Ah! Okay, so that's very good. Okay, I think we almost have this. Okay. Um, so these are bottom three. Yeah. Are you the top? Uh, we're going to do this, this. We're going to do this. We're going to swap you for there. Did you get a good look at this one? Okay. And oh, so cute. what we have right now, the official rankings... No. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Okay. These, you said these three are bottom three. You said this was in the middle towards the bottom, though. So. Yeah. No, this is right. This is, this is the official ranking. I'm locking these in. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Decisive. So number one. No, we should go backwards. Okay. Number 12. New Year's Day, Pikachu, where, where his face is too wide. <laughs> number 11. <laughs> sports fan Pikachu celebrating Victini, one of my least favorite Pokemon. <laughs> number 10. Unhappy snowman Pikachu is also wearing a deli bird hat, another Pokemon I don't like. Number nine, springtime Pikachu, just very regular, has a flabebe, don't like flabebe. Number eight, St. Patrick's Day Pikachu. Nothing bad to say about it, but sure, it's not it's just, too special. Right. It's kind of what you would expect. Number seven, Fourth of July Pikachu. Nice sparkler effects, yeah. great expression. But you got to be something special if you're going to rank up here. Number six, <laughs> Sunglasses Pikachu. And, by the way, Sunglasses Pikachu has painted eyes beneath the sunglasses. That's attention to detail you can only find from Funko. Number five, <laughs> Cornucopia Pikachu. He's sleeping. He's very cute. He's got the itis. Number four, Playing in Leaves Pikachu. I like Pumpkaboo in this situation. And I like uh, just sitting in leaves. It's very cute. Number three, Summertime Pikachu, who's on the, the inflatable Psyduck raft. Number two, Sad Rain Pikachu. Love the the raindrops hitting the puddle. And number one, the Groundhog Day uh, Diglett and Very Terrified Pikachu. There you have pretty, it. Pretty good yeah. rating all things. Very good things. job, Kyle. Yeah, told. Fine. Very nicely done. That Very nicely done. <clears throat> the official rankings. And that is it. Uh, we will be moving on to Eevee's. Dave with Eevee's. Yeah. Or, sorry, afternoon with Eevee. <laughs> oh, yes. Afternoon. I have the oh, first one here. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's not in this room. I think it actually 
is in this room. <laughs> no, I saw Brad take it. Oh, Brad took it. Ah. All right. yeah. um, the second one did arrive, but uh, due to the coronavirus stuff, uh, it's an Amazon locker. Uh, I can't get access to it for sure. a little while. Oh, man. So It'll be a while. That's fine. They no just rush. started it. There's no, no rush. rush. Yep. There's only going to be nine of them. Yep. So they're um, doing a whole new series every Every month there will be a new well, one. Well, it's not every month. It's, oh, okay. I guess it will be every month for nine months, but it's not a. Whole, they're not, not a whole going year with the yearly time. theme, I believe. Got this it. Time. One for each EV evolution. Yes. Oh, that's that'll the be cool. Theme. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what we do about that. But yeah, again, thank you for doing that, Kyle. It was my pleasure. Um, I only want to say one comment about this because one. Oh please, yeah. You said you don't uh, like the, some. The this this the Psyduck Summer one. That was actually my least favorite. Number wow. three. Number three was really? my your least favorite. I just favorites. hated how big the shape of it. I, I just always, every time I was sitting them down, I had to like, it was so frustrating having to find a place to put it. it at least the Cornucopia one, I enjoyed putting it down. It was pleasant to me to put down, but that one for me was always a little bit of an eyesore. Okay. Wow. I'm changing the rankings. Oh, no, 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 oh. no, 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 well, now, what if I were to say that I thought oh, that I thought the 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 Flabebe one was kind of unfairly passed over because it's so colorful and so I mean, what don't you like about Flabebe? Flabebe to me is a filler Pokemon. It's the thing that I would not want in my party. I don't. <laughs> I don't want. That's a that. good point. Yeah. So, Fair enough. Think about think about just Rhyhorn, right? Yeah. Just think about it. Just think about it like a, a Rhydon, just a big, bulky, nasty Pokemon, and then you have a Flabebe fighting it. It just makes me unhappy. This is the one I'm going to teach something to Fair on the enough. side because I don't want to waste a move on an ability back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to learn something. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Woo. Thank you very much, Pikachus. This is cool something idea. to keep for life. This is actually a great collection. Um, I'm actually thinking about, well, unfortunately, uh-huh. we are not doing our in-person Easy X uh, yeah. next week. My original plan was to give these away. Dang, the, me too. Because I, I, box- yeah. I kept the boxes. Yeah. So I was right. going to put them back in the box. Um, I'll hang on to them. As long as I don't get thrown out by somebody, maybe next year if we come around and uh, do another meetup of some kind and we could do a giveaway, uh, very likely you could see the 12 of these being making an appearance. You might be able to take one home with you. We'll see. Maybe the EVs will be available by then, too. You never yeah. know. I'm just glad I learned that there are Funko things that I would want to own because <laughs> I didn't know that prior to literally now mm-hmm. seeing these because I just yeah. associate Funko with the Funko Pop awfulness. So these, I kind of want to get these. I wonder if it's like if it's if it's like a, a director who does a huge movie, they do the pops, but then they do right. like little movies that you know are very creatively fulfilling for them. Sure. So you know they do the Funko Pops all day long, and then on the weekends they might like make some Pikachu. Yeah, this yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, it gives them some respite from you know, those hideous Funko Pop designs. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this is my happy place. Yeah. Right. Woo been looking forward to this so happy it's done oh we had a nintendo direct this morning an indie world showcase yeah, yeah. i was gonna say mm. don't use that word well <laughs> you know people throw around direct very loosely true. Very over true. you know the last few years anything that nintendo puts out as a video announcement is just called a direct it's just you know shorthand even other right. companies we call yeah, them directs. yeah, call yeah like the yacht club like, directs like, state of yeah. play we yeah. call it sony where's the sony where's the sony direct yeah, yeah. where is it um anyway Indie World Showcase. Uh, I made a mistake, actually. I thought the last one was in January, but it was in December of mm. last year, right around the uh, before the Game Awards, actually. That was or right, nice. or right after the Game Awards, sorry. It was like in that like week period, I believe, right after or right before. 
Uh, but I thought it was the beginning of the year for some reason. I just like that's how I thought so too for some reason. I misremember. I yeah, that mm-hmm. weird effect where you are so sure of something and you go and check on it and all the YouTube videos like there's no January 2020. What do you? There's December 2019. <laughs> that's right, because I remember January coming. Like, okay, here comes the Nintendo Direct for January. I do remember that. Uh-huh. And yeah. so I would have rem- I would have thought maybe the indie thing would fill in. For We've that. had yeah. an Animal Crossing Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, came around the same time that the last major Animal Crossing Direct for the the previous major game happened about a. M- Monthish before the the release, so as expected, and this indie world showcase coming out uh, recording today uh, is the week where GDC would normally be. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, right. GDC was one of the first conventions that got postponed to potentially canceled because of the coronavirus. But they're doing a digital uh, thing this week, doing online streams. Uh, sorry, streaming online some of the presentations that uh, some of the presenters still wanted to do. Um, the the vault has been opened up, and Nintendo apparently had this ready to go, and they're still releasing it. So we got a 20-minute Indie World Showcase uh, today. Yep. Um, I want to say that uh, it was interesting because uh, we had someone new as one of the team members hosting it this oh, time. Yeah. Do you know who it was? John Vignocchi. Oh! I don't remember oh. his title. Yeah. Okay. I don't I... remember what he is <clears throat> at Nintendo Okay, right so I'd, <laughs> I was looking up, because uh, Kirk Scott is usually the person who presents them. Um, right. Samantha Robert, uh, sorry, let me get this right. Samantha Robertson has been the co-host for the last two. Uh, she is actually taking over for Katie Casper, who uh, is leaving Nintendo or left Nintendo at the beginning of this month because she used to be Kirk and Katie doing these, especially when they were called Nindies, mm-hmm. right? And then they became Indie World Showcase. But yeah, now John has taken over for Kirk. Kirk is still at Nintendo, still kind of like the head honcho behind the scenes, like doing the publisher relations with securing all those indie titles, those right. timed console exclusives, a word they really <laughs> like to use. I, that many I can vouch for that. I saw him at PAX East while I was demoing uh, Berserk Studios' new game. Mm, so yeah, nice. no, he's, he's definitely forging all those very meaningful relationships. Thought, thought they did a great job, the two of them. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that intro they used, it's the one I've been using on all the indie world showcases. It's mm-hmm. the same exact intro. I was like, oh, I thought it varied a little bit, but it's it's the same. So yeah, I barely remember. It's like an animated intro. It shows like some scientist with glasses. Yeah, like they yeah. shoot like the little like piece of like mineral or whatever and it like heats up and then like it zooms in the reflection and then it becomes like the globe spinning and it It's becomes... pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's not dire- it's, it's weird cuz it's not directly related to anything in and around indie gaming, but it, that that also kind of helps it stand out more in a way. I think I guess. It, it gives it a nice personality. Like yeah. they could have just stayed with the logo and gone right into it and they kind of have a, a rhythm going now where they just kind of like do that and go right into a game. Um, and they started off with an interesting one this time, uh, Blue Fire. This is a, I think this was a reveal actually. Mm-hmm. This is from being developed by Roby Studios, published by Graffiti Games. Uh, it's like that chibi ninja hooded character, like right. character action looking like sword play, but then like the platforming, like Prince of Persia running up sides of wall, lots of cool like things like that. That's what got me into it. And when I saw the 3D platforming, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a neat, I don't know, like it wasn't just a brawler, it wasn't just a platformer, it kind of seemed to do a little bit of both, but there aren't that many 3D platformers these days, even after things like ukulele. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see what, it looked pretty sharp, I gotta say. Yeah, the platforming spoke to me. Yeah. The more I saw of like the mechanics of running up walls, jumping, dashing, and then like the, like the I wanna call it like character action light-esque. Yeah. It's like action, it's very action heavy, the combat, I, uh, this speaks to me. I am mm-hmm. so in. I was very happy. I was doing uh, solo reactions this morning, mm-hmm. and I had a smile on my face for this one. Yeah. I was very happy. It so was a strong start. It seems like the platforming is its own 
like the void you know that, i think they had a name for the area it seems like it's I think own, it was the void yeah yeah just like there's platforms floating so i do it does seem like that's a completely separate part of the game's flow yeah i have some details uh so again nintendo uh they uh have game pages on nintendo.com cool most of these games have the information on there uh blood also forwarded me a bunch of emails with details and then some of these games uh only had uh pages and snippets on their own uh studio pages didn't have a page up on nintendo uh this one blue fire I believe does not have a page up on nintendo.com yet so i had yeah. to go off of the email and uh roby studios website and here we go uh Travel through the parish world of Penumbra to explore unique areas filled with diverse enemies, sharp 3D platforming <laughs> challenges, quest collectibles, and more. Encounter dangerous enemies with distinct fi- fighting styles and partake in intense combat platforming boss fights. Combat platforming. Combat platforming. Boss fights. So you know okay. there's probably going to be either a phase part of the boss fight where you're going to need to like jump up or something, right. or maybe you have to like. And interact with the environment to reach up to like a head or something because you're just too low. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like you'll have to traverse the boss itself maybe to reach its Ooh, weak point. I like or, that. I or like traverse that. a much bigger environment to get to different parts of the boss. I really like fights like that. Yeah. Um, I love platforming and I love action combat, like mm-hmm. character action essentially, like Don't Like Cry style combat. Doesn't need to be as in depth as that. Sure. But some mixing both of those because I don't think Don't Like Cry is very good platforming. It's no. not a platformer. <laughs> not quite. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the jumping mechanics in those games, but that's not what I play them for. And they don't really focus on those too much. Yeah. Too. And yeah. Like, right. this game obviously is not going to have the depth, uh, I'm assuming, of Devil May Cry, but I like that happy medium. Yeah. I love the mm-hmm. like the blending of those two things. Uh, there's some lore stuff here, or I guess like <sighs> other characters. A long time has passed in, this, in Penumbra since it fell into darkness. Uh, but those who survive the kingdom's fall will aid you in your journey and unlock valuable rewards. So I didn't really pick up on any NPCs. I, I didn't rewatch it after the initial viewing. But right. I, yeah, it, it looked to me like maybe it was going to be level based or something, proceed forward, fight a boss. But that I'm, maybe that sounds suggestive of side quests where you can save certain NPCs who will then reward you, but those rewards might be lost forever if said NPCs perish. Because they talk about upgrades and collectibles. <clears throat> There's obviously going to be like secrets. There's going to be like right. hidden paths and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then they talk about the void. You were right, Kyle. Uh, it's called the void. You find void entrances throughout the world to uncover abstract platforming challenges that require great skill. That no, sounds exciting to me. And that you know sounds, what? It might be cool yeah. to keep them separate. Yes. If somebody sure. would be frustrated by those segments, they can just be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to keep playing this level. Exactly. That's actually yeah. maybe a cool thing to do It's like that. the yeah. – yeah, any game that you come across challenge – like we're just talking about Devil May Cry, the most recent one. Devil May Cry 5 had those like challenge – they always have challenge fight rooms. Mm-hmm. Like don't touch the ground like the entire fight. Like crazy stuff like that. Yeah. I love this because it reminds me of Super Mario Sunshine. I was about to say that. Mario Sunshine. The yeah. challenge room Which, for sure. Yeah. And those are my favorite parts of the game – However, but I can also see that from the other side of the equation where if you're not into that really white knuckle platforming and you prefer to have that that, uh, safety net of the flood, Mm -hmm. you can just ignore those if you want and get shined in other ways. Unless you're going for 100%, then you got to suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, and it is coming, uh, launching first on Nintendo Switch this summer as a timed console exclusive. <laughs> so a lot of Gotta these games it. you'll see, all these games actually are 2020 releases. Most of them are summer. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. With with that phrase, Damiani, 
-hmm. We can never allow them to say that they don't think of Xbox and PlayStation as competition. For sure. 100%. That's like, yeah. I won't hear it again. It's like yeah. the social contract between <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Hey, we are yeah. all no. friends here, but... <laughs> The end of the day, business is business. If you right. use the phrase "console," uh, like exclusive, because they do exactly. say yeah. outright. One of them is an outright timed exclusive, not yeah. even console, just timed exclusive. It means you're not even gonna get it on PC yeah. or phone. So, right. yeah, they do care about this stuff. And I think more specifically, with indies. I think this is Nintendo's bread and butter when it comes to securing exclusives from third parties. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, you know, I hate to hate to be too real here, but what do you think, if if any, what shadow does the coronavirus cast over all these potential dates? Ooh, you know, I mean, Nintendo had to go forward knowing that they were promising these dates, but they they and we don't know when this pandemic's going to. Yeah, succeed. we could quickly touch upon that because there uh, there was a report that came out uh, either yesterday or today, stating that uh, games like games that already have a release date through April seem to be safe, like Final Fantasy yeah. VII remake, right. Resident Evil Three. They've gone gold; they're coming out. Yeah, but games beyond April are potentially in limbo about they like some they were saying I, I I didn't write it down because I wasn't prepared for this subject. <laughs> sure. So point uh send me the correction on this. I'll take this correction chat uh viewers. <laughs> I'll take this correction <laughs> for sure. Leave it in the YouTube comments. I'll 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 give you credit next episode. But uh that person uh on Twitter, I want to say there's someone from Sony maybe was the person who was tweeting about it. Basically said that expect a lot of delays. Yeah. Expect delays sense. for software. It's not just yeah. don't worry, don't even think about hardware, think about software. Mm -hmm. And we were so we have seen this actually already. Um we saw that uh what was it just announced today that uh oh no I'm thinking of movie stuff, sorry. <laughs> the so mo that movie stuff. Like uh, Matrix 4 shut down production uh, right. in San Francisco. Black Widow got pushed uh, Black the movies yeah. are being pushed back. So it was yeah. all, it was very Understandable that this was eventually going to hit video games. Oh, sorry. The panic button today was uh, the emails from Amazon about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, right. The, uh, it not being able to be delivered on date because Amazon specifically as a retailer is prioritizing essentials uh, to deal with the situation. Whereas now people are turning towards Best Buy and GameStops is more because they're going to prioritize games and shipping games because right. that's all they deal in and electronics. And they're going to go to them instead of Amazon. So that's not quite the same thing, but... Well, it also hit closer to home uh, this morning, too, with that. It's, it's it's only been... It's, like, translated from a secondhand source so far, but the new Famitsu column by Sakurai talking about how development of the next Smash DLC character is likely to be impacted by I, coronavirus. I, yeah, I yeah. swear I read and stuff, like, online... I mean, it doesn't hit much closer to video game home than that as Nintendo fans. It's like, oh, man, of course it makes sense, and they Sakurai's got to be safe, his team's got to be safe, but... It makes you wonder how this is going to affect these indie world uh, you know, games, especially with everything, you know, indie development by its nature being global. So many different, you know, t t uh, studios oh, from yeah. different parts of the world were shown off. And that's funny because the next game we're actually going to talk about, Baldo, is from Italy, which right. has been one of the hardest hit countries. And I, I think this is very pertinent. I do think that this was all filmed before all this spiraled out of control to where <laughs> right. we are today and that... These dates realistically could move, right. especially the ones that are in summer or later. Mm -hmm. But Baldo, uh, this is a game that they introduced it by saying, "Do you like, do you like anime? Do you like animated films? Do you like JRPGs?" Basically, and they show this game off, and it looks like I, I had people tell me it looked like Nino Kuni, it looked like uh, like a Tales RPG, like it just yeah. had that like vibe, yeah, close to it. I didn't think it was quite the same, it didn't quite, yeah, but it looked it looked like it was going for that kind of aesthetic, shooting for it, yeah. shooting for it. Um, I'm not sure if it quite makes it all the way. 
It's, it, this game has been around actually for a little while. Uh, okay. I, when I went to go check their information, I got linked to a Facebook page from their website, which took me to a video that was from 10 months ago, which was like a gameplay reveal, which oh. had every single shot that was in this trailer. It was just a cut down version of that gameplay trailer. Interesting. And nothing, I, I don't want to say and nothing was new, but didn't look like anything really was that new. Um, let me give the credit where credit is due. Developed by Naps Team. Um, as I said, they were going for Ghibli-style visuals, RPG with dungeons. Uh, it's like, uh, I don't know the characters' names, but it's a red-headed girl, a blonde-headed boy. Um, they say, in the game, you're going to meet many weird and funny characters and become immersed in the amazing world of Baldo, <laughs> an action-adventure RPG full of puzzles, intriguing gameplay mechanics, in intricate dungeons to solve, spread through a wide, interactive, open world. Cool. Uh, okay. Does that get you excited? Eh, not really. <laughs> it's it's not that I. I mean, you know, I with all respect to indie developers, I I love indie games, that, and and obviously they have to work with a lot less resources than the, the big devs do, and I respect that. But I had a lot of uh, you know GX fans reply to me on Twitter. I was tweeting about you know the games I was looking forward to most from Indie World, yeah, sure. and this wasn't among them. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, but what about you know what about this game?" And I'm just like, I, I went back and watched the trailer again, and I'm like, it's still not quite. I know what it's trying to be, and it may get there, but I but based on what we yeah. saw today, it's not there yet for me. And I'm just not. I'm, I'm kind of taking a wait and see approach here. I definitely think I'm drawn to the aesthetic. Yeah, it definitely has potential. And I liked what I saw from it. But again, yeah, I watched this trailer, I think, three times now. Mm-hmm. Second and third viewing. Actually, looking at what I'm doing in it, it didn't – I got this dread that it was going to be a little too simplistic. I kind of got that That it wasn't sense. doing anything that ambitious in terms of its actual gameplay. Um, and this line about an open world, I just looked at it. It looked like – this looks – like an old traditional Zelda style, like that's the world thing. Map. I think they mean right. open world Zelda style. I think they, they mean, must, oh, yeah, right? exactly. They must. Yeah. I, it, like, let's. I don't need to get hooked up on marketing terms here. Yeah. But at the, but what it looked like, it just yeah, it looked very traditional. I'd say the camera is Zelda style too. Yeah, exactly. Zelda, a, yeah, I mean, exactly. and I would. I wouldn't really want to explore a full open world from that viewpoint anyway. Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> so no, no. Kinda, yeah. So. But it was basic stuff like walking up to a, a, an NPC and like a, like a blacksmith looking character like with the sword hitting it. There was like pulling a chain down. Like there there are a few enemies. It just it was like a it felt like a slow paced experience, and I almost was would prefer having a. I was like I'd rather see this as anything almost anything other than a video game. Hmm. That's just rude. Well, like a, like when you when you when you bring up those visuals, like I need something also compelling when I'm seeing the game itself. Right. And I also like I also give this a chance. I was very happy when I was watching this, mm-hmm. but as I rewatched it, that happiness kind of sunk down to like mediocrity. I, I yeah. just felt this game. What I saw was very mediocre. It, that's kind of where I'm, it just yeah. it looked a bit mediocre. Mm-hmm. And like something about the visuals, I, I respect what they're going for, and I love that Nino Kuni style. But it it fell. Short of it in a way that I couldn't quite get past it. I, I don't. I don't know. Like again, I don't want to doom this game to. It's, it might be great. And yeah. It might, it might just need more work. But it just what they showed today didn't get me as hyped as they clearly are about it themselves. And I wish them all all you know the luck in the world because making games is hard. Yeah. So I, I I wish them all the luck in the world. It's just not quite there yet for me. Yeah. Anything for, you looked like you wanted to say something. No, I'm just I'm I'm trying to build the hypothesis. Okay, you know because I feel like yeah, if you if you get close to a thing, if you have a very clear inspiration 
and you don't quite get there, it makes your game look less than. And I think that might be the problem it's facing today. Sure. Is if you try to go as hard as Nino Kuni does straight into Ghibli, uh, and you don't hit it exactly, uh, yeah, I, I, maybe it makes your game look less than of lesser quality than it actually is in a way than if you just went right. in your completely way different direction. That's what you mean. There's like so much that matters in terms of realizing that type of vision, especially that aesthetic. Like the animations just have to be on point. True. When you look at something, especially like the original Nino Kuni. Yeah. Like yeah. how fluid the characters' animations are in battle and the overworld map when they're in the smaller form, and then when they're in full form running around towns. It just looks so fluid. It looks like almost an anime in motion. It's really good. And when, as you said, Kyle, I think I agree with you. I think that's what's putting it off to me a little right. bit as I am exposed more and more to it. And it sinks in that this is, it's not quite there. Um, but it is, sorry, let me clarify. It is coming uh, as a timed console exclusive this summer. So I don't know how much they're going to be able to change in that time. But yeah. I'll still try it out. I'll still give it a chance because maybe I'm just looking at it the wrong way. And once I get my hands up, there are so many games sure. that you see a video trailer for it, even if the gameplay, it doesn't click with you. And then you finally try it out and you're like, oh, yeah, like this yeah. is something you have to play. Um, it's definitely yeah. like it's it's on my radar to the point where even if I'm not like oh I'm really excited it's kind of like you said I'm willing to give it a shot because it's it gets enough of the way there to where I know it's at least the 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 groundwork is based on things that appeal to me things that I've always liked so I'll definitely give it a shot. I just uh, for some reason this brings a comparison for me uh, the game Rhyme. The, oh that was yeah. Tequila Works for some, yeah. like. It, uh, it also had some of the same things maybe going against it at first. The, mm -hmm. the animations didn't look as fluid, but it had like a really appealing aesthetic and people kept drawing in, but also a lot of questions about its gameplay. But in the end, to me, the game was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I keep thinking about in the back of my mind is that this could be another rhyme, so give it a chance. Sure. But uh, this next game definitely had, had me more intrigued, I think, and uh, had a very more unique premise and... Uh, Gameplay-wise, I got a lot more from going to the site and watching some extra videos from than other than what was showed in the the presentation for this, and that is uh, Hollow Ponds developed. Uh, I am dead. Being right. Published by Annapurna, also being developed uh -uh. by Richard Hogg. Uh, they want to let you know that uh, this is from the creators of uh, Hohokam and Wilmot's Warehouse. It's a game about oh, okay. exploring the afterlife. This intrigued me, and I have to I have to say, even beyond before seeing any footage of the game itself, Annapurna. When I saw they were publishing it, that got me on board immediately. Just because, honestly, they never I, miss. They they really don't. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Sayonara Wild Hearts is it was my, one of my like was my third favorite game of last year. It was mm -hmm. an incredible game. I still play it constantly. There's nothing like it, and and they tend to take on projects that they're really you can't find any comparison for because there really isn't anything like them. They, it has this like really subtle like pull the rug from under you moment because you're just going through this like nice tropical island like the seaport these bird creatures with selfie sticks having a good time you're approaching a museum as the narrators is like guiding you through the town he goes but there's something we should get out of the way first I'm dead and it's <laughs> like oh oh okay and then it, it kind of reminded me a little bit like Ghost Trick the premise they're going mm -hmm. for like possessing items to interact with like the people there and trying to uncover this. They give a little bit more about the story here, so I'm curious what you think. So Morris Lupton is the recently deceased museum curator of the tiny island of Shelmerston, who is reunited with the ghost of his dog Sparky, <laughs> only to discover that a disaster is about to destroy his beloved island. 
I'm sorry, that makes me think of a certain game that came out last year, The Outer Wilds. Oh, of course. <laughs> Presenting and preventing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there better not be a 30, 22 bit time limit. No time game. limit. Right. There's no time limit. Not in a puzzle game, no. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, game of the year debate throwbacks there. Together, they must uncover Shelmerston's ancient mysteries, prevent the island's volcano from erupting, and save the place they call home. Um, yeah, they have to unearth, the duo have to unearth scattered ghosts. And to find them, they must visit places they spent time in, dive inside the memories of those people who knew them best, and learn the stories of their lives. So that's kind of cool. I, this I, could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is darn now hearing more of this, this is leading into what I expect out of an Annapurna game. Exactly. And yeah. it, it speaks to me a little bit more. I feel a little bit more reassured hearing this. Uh, to help with their mission, Morris uses his newfound power that allows him to peer inside objects and people to reveal their contents and memories like a supernatural x-ray. <laughs> I mean, that's a, honestly yeah. a great way it's, to describe yeah. what I saw. And it's I was trying so, to think of like, how yeah. can I describe what it looks like when you go into somebody's apartment? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you're just trying to prevent this volcano from erupting by you know, interacting with the people who knew you best. So it's probably, you, you probably expect you're going to find out, but not about them, but about yourself. I'm, I'm assuming that's how to inform the player about the character development of the protagonist is that who am I really? Oh, here you go. You know, yeah. learn through other people who I am, because that's kind of how history rem- teaches people down the line. Like who, how were these people like, you got to go read a history book. You got to like read these oral histories of people or nowadays watch videos of stuff. And that's how you're informed. You don't go to the person and then like, you know, tell me about yourself. That's not like you don't get the complete picture that way. You got to go right. to other people. I feel like. And it does seem like the, the kind of premise that's likely to try and tug at your heartstrings, which, you know, I, I always like when a game makes me feel and I, and I, you know, I'm getting all emotional about it in the, in the end. Not every game needs to have that, but Annapurna games, tend to have that kind of pull. Mm-hmm. And so as you were describing that, I was like, oh, okay, as you said, that sounds a little closer to what I expect from Annapurna. And it does seem like the kind of thing that, you know, could make you, you know, make you feel something. A ghost dog? Come on. I mean, that alone. Yeah. 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 I mean. <laughs> I was even, I had just slipped my mind that there was a companion and it was a dog. It's like, oh, okay, here. Yep. Yeah. They got you there. Yeah. yeah. There, I think there was like a little painting and an urn for the dog. Exactly. When he says, I, I didn't see the, I didn't catch oh, the urn, but I the didn't painting catch was that. him. Uh-huh. And the, oh, geez. Oh, no. uh-huh. That's already going to, yeah, yeah, that's going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. It's always, I'm always intrigued to see fantasy worlds how the writers and the the story creators go about having humans interact with like anamorphic characters and stuff like that because they made them so like modern in this one like the selfie mm-hmm. sticks are like they're just having a good time they're like millennials on an island having a good time it feels like the the, the tourist but this also says there are people who have been living there and you gotta get to know them so i wonder if there's gonna be any kind of like Will there be like uh, uh, false, not false memories, but people who maybe don't know you as well, and like you're getting like a false picture of yourself, right? Or a superficial. I wonder if they even go that direction with that, where maybe there's multiple endings, or you have like a bad ending, like oh, you talked to the wrong people, you, uh-huh. you really didn't have many friends and stuff, like according to yourself, and you were just this really shallow person, didn't really do much and stuff, you know. They loved your dog more than you, so that's why they, <laughs> that's why the dog got the urn, and you just got a photo of that's yourself the up there. Right? Everybody loved that dog. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I think there are diff- a few different approaches they could take uh, with this, but I like that idea of it being more of a subjective, you know, based on kind of who you choose to talk to, and maybe your, your lines of questioning and 
how you choose to approach these different people. You know, it does seem like the kind of game that wouldn't have one linear result every time. Not that I think there's anything wrong with linear games, but this does seem to be the kind of game that would benefit from having that kind of variable approach. For sure. I, I see this game, and to me, it screams replayability. Mm-hmm. You, you're probably going to need to replay this to get different outcomes. And I assume that, like, fail states won't necessarily be, like, game over so much as, like, you just get a different conclusion. Because they'll probably let you keep going and stuff rather than telling you this is straight up game over. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be like, I imagine like there'll be like deadlines because they got the ticking clock of the volcano. If you don't do this event by this, you don't trigger that. So you don't actually get to see this happen. You see this unfold instead. So I, for this game, though, I would like to say this. Uh, I really hope they have it's either a short enough game that's easy to replay and not a, a, a chore or they give you points we could go back to and maybe make a different decision. Mm-hmm. If it's a, like a more fleshed out narrative that takes like maybe more than a few hours to complete. Sure. Yeah. Right. Great title. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that logo, that logo design is really good like the little yeah. island. Yeah. It's like it's like really awakening. Good. I am it's dead. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it definitely just kind of like, like makes a name for itself right out at the front there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Next up was uh so it's called Bark. <laughs> B period A R K. Right. It stands Bark. for Bio Interstellar Arc. This is developed by California's TikTok Games. Team Bark reporting for duty. Pugs, cats, bears, and bunnies are saving the solar system in a space exploring adventure. Pilot powerful yet adorable ships as you team up against a wave of revenge-seeking underwater animal life. <laughs> I love this, this Is this concept. not a shmup? Is this game... So, yes. Uh, navigate the... So, the four different characters have unique play styles, it seems, according to this. So, you create unique attack strategies with your crew, upgradable ships... Um, it sounds like there might be like different paths to the solar system you could take, but it's a side scroller shoot 'em up. That that that's that's like the okay. basic premise. But it's up to four right. players on the screen at the time you saw. Yeah, and they can it's go- just funny. It's like first off described as an adventure. I'm like, I, I'm yeah. So if I never watched this trailer and I'm listening to this podcast, I think I'm playing a Star Fox game. Right. You know yeah, I, mean? it I know. Does sound that, like that. That's why yeah. I was reading this way. I wanted yeah. to see how you would react to this. It's like an adventure game where I get to be a pug. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you, your your face just said it all for those of you who aren't watching. I was yeah. just like confused, like. Isn't this a shooter? Shoot him up. What? Yeah. Uh, they gave some descriptions of the four playable characters. Okay. Play as Barker, a lovable and friendly pug who heals his friends and turns his enemies into frenemies. <laughs> That's fantastic. Felicity, a fierce leader whose cat rage can really boost her firepower. Okay. I don't know if I like that one. Walker the bear with a protective spirit. And Marv, the speedy rabbit that can zip around in his enemies with ease. It says zip around in his enemies. Doesn't say zip around his enemies. Maybe it's a well. I don't know if it's a typo. Yeah. I literally copy pasted this hmm. line. All right. You think he kind of just goes inside of the? the I think ships he. Ta- and like, I, I think it's like he gets the ships and then like does something with it. Okay. I'm assuming that's what it is. Choose your fighters wisely, as different tactics can help your odds against the evils that await. They're really selling the strategy angle. Yeah. They, they really want you to believe that your composition's going to matter. Yeah, I got a question. Is, is shoot em up an old phrase? Do people not even say that anymore? I don't think many people in marketing speak use it as much anymore. Right. Very I, and true. I think You're it right. also, I hate to say this, I think it might even be viewed as a, like a dirty word in terms of like sales potential. True. So something, when Nintendo right. looked at this, they're probably like, hey, we got a few 
few critiques for you, a few suggestions. Uh, let's cross out the word shoot 'em up and uh, let's reward it to be this. You Adventure. Know? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about all these cool characters we got. Let's talk about strategy and uh, tactical stuff. And, you know, that that will go over way better. People like that. You know, don't say shoot 'em up. Let's avoid that, you know. See, it was funny. It's like assuming you're correct there. All those, all those edits actually make me less interested. And I, I like hmm. what I saw of this, but you tell me horizontal shoot 'em up with animals fighting un, you know, evil undersea creatures. I mean, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't need to sell me on the strategy angle or on the adventure angle. It's shmups are a dying genre anyway, if not mostly dead. And to get a new one where you get to play as a pug. I mean, with three friends, with three yeah. friends, and that that sells me. But yeah. of course, but we're core audience people. That's not necessarily what's going to apply to the random person browsing through the eShop and looking for something. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely, as I said, I think it was written in this very specific language in mind. Um, there, the one other thing besides each one having unique abilities, you can combine your character's special attacks with the other pilots for hyper combos. So, okay. Yeah. Um, there's going to be over 20, 20 plus levels. So, they give you a ballpark of, uh, they are calling them levels. Mm-hmm. So, that does, that's more in line with the shoot 'em up. Yeah. Right. You're going through a level. Yeah. Uh, it is releasing first on Switch as a timed console exclusive later this year. Um, this is one that I absolutely understand the aesthetic they went for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think it fits. But for some reason, these other games, they've, they've been this like more colorful palette here for the last few games we picked or sorry that we talked about and this one for some reason it felt a little off to me for some reason i don't want to say like i don't want to be mean and say like it looked like a flash game but like there's there's kind of had that new it's, it's, it's in, it. okay indie games are indie games and they can be as ambitious as they want they can be as simple as they want but for some reason, there's this like switch in my mind where if it looks too much like a like a new, not Newgrounds, but like a f- old like a Flash game yeah, or a mobile yeah. game, th- there's there's a way to fool me, and I love it when I like think I'm like getting so much more, and you, like, it feels like so much effort, and there clearly was effort put into this. I just don't know what's wrong with me. Like I need help figuring out why I see this, and I'm just like. It's got cat. I mean, you're talking about like the pug, but like I'm the cat's all speaking to me. Use your cat rage, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the cat rage. Maybe I read cat rage and now I'm just raging on this. No, it's <laughs> I know there I know there's blowback from using the phrase this looks like a flash game. In this particular case, Damiani, I don't think it's unfair. I would agree. I, with that you know assessment. what I would say is yeah. some things look flat. And I, think I, I that, say, that's what I was looking for. I wanted to say it looked like I was really gonna say flat before I got like tied up with my thoughts. Sure. And that's a more kind way I think of putting it than like it looks like a flash. When it flash for me is shorthand for it's just flat. I, I could use a little bit more detail in uh, the the images they're putting on the screen. Just a little bit more, I think, to make it pop a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just, just that, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, just no, I, I totally see where you're coming from. I mean, that said, I don't, I don't want to downplay too much how you know visually what it looks like either, because I do think it it definitely has its own uh, identity, uh, separate from anything else we saw in indie world today. It definitely stood out in its own way for both good and bad. I would say, but in general. I do like the look of the game, but I also see what you're saying. I wonder because it is a shoot 'em up, not hiding this fact, with so much going on on screen in some parts. I wonder if they opted opted for this to avoid like the taxation from so many things going on screen that can result in like slowdown, you know, performance issues. Which case, I absolutely value that. Like that is the right call to make. Yeah, and it Mm -hmm. still looks very good for like 
sacrificing, you know, a little bit to gain that benefit. And I will always go side with that. So there you go. There's some, I found some positive there. I just was feeling bad about being negative about the visuals for this one. I was like, why do I really need to get hooked up on this? Like, just, just let it go. Just let it go. Uh, next up. This okay. Speaking of visuals, yeah. Cyanide and Happiness, right. Freakocalypse Part One, uh, developed by Explosum, published by Serenity Forge. This is a game based in the universe uh, that is a webcomic written and illustrated by Rob Den Bliker. Hope I got that right. Chris Wilson, Dave uh, Michael Patrick. Is that how you pronounce it? Okay. Sure. I, I, I don't know if I'm <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're a fan. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, formerly Matt Melvin. I guess they're not on the team anymore. Uh, published on their website, explosism.net. First created in 2005. I had no idea wow. about any of this. Oh, the okay. webcomic? I didn't know it was a webcomic. Sure. Yeah, I've just either. been okay. out of the loop. I felt so bad. I thought this was maybe like a follow-up to a previous game, and that was it. But then when I looked at the stick figures and I heard webcomic, I was like, "Okay, this obviously had roots in something more than just a game." I feel right. like the, I feel like they've been the sign and happiness. If you don't even know the title, I feel like you've seen those characters. Probably at yeah. conventions, the stick figure exactly. stuff. Yeah. yeah, and like they're like hyper violent or something. Like 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 or not violent, but like implying violence. Like one of them, I looked up an image said like, uh, "I'm hardcore," and it was like someone trying to like cut their own head off with an axe or something. And then one like accident, like it was typical like that type of direction. I was like, okay, I'm, I've definitely seen this somewhere before. Probably I just didn't sink in. Yeah, there was a yeah. there was a battle royale for cyanide and happiness even. Oh, oh, was there? It was weird. Oh wow, I bet it was. There it, you go. it was it was a while ago. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah, it was definitely when when I first saw this trailer uh, this morning. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, this looks vaguely familiar. Where have I seen this before? And then I saw cyanide and happiness, and while I am not a fan personally, I as you guys have been saying, I'd seen enough of it just by osmosis, by geek <laughs> convention gotcha. osmosis. Yeah, that I was like, oh okay, I recognize. Somebody's these wearing designs. that shirt. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm probably yeah. Just, I've been. I'm probably just so old and been through so many conventions. It's just like. Yeah, become appears become mush, but you know if you had that like time travel machine, be like, no, Damiani, you saw it here, you saw it here, you saw, you, yeah, you don't remember this? Come on, man, like disrespect, man, come on. Who is this person who knows your life that well? Oh, I bet like probably like <laughs> like Simmons. Okay, like, I bet so. Yeah, uh-huh. he'd probably be like, dude, he's like, dude, we see this all the time. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, because he's like, he has a great memory, so it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, I think I have like a terrible short term memory lately. Anyway. Uh, I just felt bad. I felt like I was like getting my nerd card revoked because I didn't know what this was. Like, yeah. it's not that huge. I mean, it's but, not uh, really. But then I saw, I was like, yeah. not to, not, yeah, not a knock against it. It's like it's got a following, but it's not like I thought it was like an old phenomenon that's since passed and mm-hmm. that they're still trying to recapitalize on. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I feel bad for not knowing that, but that's not the case. Uh, here is what they have written about this game. It's part one, so there's gonna be multiple parts. Taking place in the cyanide and happiness universe, you play as a weird, unpopular, ginger-headed orphan, and it's time to save the world. You can stop there, right there. Like, uh-huh. that stuff's not funny to me anymore. I know. Yeah, I agree. This seems dated. It, yes. it does. This is mid 2000 This is yeah. like, yeah. This yeah. is like the Newgrounds era. This yep. is like E-Bombs world. Like, you funny, man now, dog. Everything like you were saying about the last game, I was about, like, I couldn't say it yet, but I was like, so they, actually, that's how I felt about this one because it, it did, it did yep. evoke that era. Maybe a little bit too much. Homestar Runner. Uh-huh. This is like GameFAQs message boards. This yeah. is the old school days. Um, the tr- Okay, so as Coop Go Away Weirdo McCarthy 
All you want to do is make the world a better place. Sorry, that's my name? I think. Coop. Yeah. Go away, weirdo. McCarthy. Okay. I, I know what I, I already. I feel like I know what I'm in for. Can you survive this. one more pair? One more line. Give me one more. <laughs> the trouble is, get. nobody likes you. School sucks. You can't find a prom date. Everybody bullies you, including your teachers. So, uh, uh-uh. and your attempts to help only things. Uh, sorry, your attempts to help only make things worse. Take me. I'm ejecting. I'm injecting before we even get to the apocalypse. Part. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Launches first on Nintendo Switch as a time console exclusive this summer. Yeah. I don't even know what this gameplay is though. I'm guessing it's like you go and talk to. It's like a very visual novel adventure. Visual. Yeah. Like, mystic. It, yeah. It definitely mist-like. looks like you have an inventory, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like an adventure game where you're picking up things that like. Oh, I need this. Thing. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know yeah. if it was maybe gonna be like uh, South Park Sick of Truth style, like uh, emulates like the the source material. Maybe some like R- I thought maybe it's an RPG, but no, not like that. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I I don't I don't want to not to you know, not to poo poo any efforts by me you know, by these devs to to make this game. I just there's nothing here that I feel is for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as as you were, I just I just don't feel like I'm yeah. the intended audience for this. I cannot muster up any any excitement for this. It's, I, yeah, that's what I kind of like about this presentation though, because this was introduced by a cartoon character talking to a fake newscaster. Oh yeah, and right. To me, that says. Hey, if you don't think this is fun, you're not gonna like the game. If you're cracking up right now, you're probably gonna like our game. True. And so, like, I, I think it's a f- yeah. an actually interesting way to introduce this video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And whether or not you know we personally find it interesting, there you know that's what's, what's what's great about indie world is that you get so many different foci in terms of different audiences and age groups and and mm-hmm. vibes and you know this may not be for us, but there are people for whom that is gonna be exactly what they want out there watching indie world. So. Yeah, I forgot about that opening presentation bit. They did. Oh, right, yeah. it, it's like an early 2010 like YouTube exactly, skit, which I, I felt yeah. similarly was day. I was like, I think that's what they were going for yeah. though. I think they, they know were, their yeah. audience. Yeah. I think yeah. they I think were they just doing did. that on purpose. Yeah, it was like a part that part like trying to be like Space Ghost esque, like with the right, but like a little more trying to be more edgy comedy with the di- like the the yeah the VO or sorry, the dialogue is like yeah okay I see what they're going for. And ten years ago, maybe this would have you know hit the mark for more a broader audience. Exactly. But today, it's just it's following. And yeah. yeah. This next game, though, Ooh. this game I was very interested in. It looked like well, it's called Summer and Mara. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I'm calling it uh, Moana the game. <laughs> uh huh. Because it's about a young girl on an island who's trying to save her island, and by going out to other islands and crafting, gathering, and farming to help rebuild and improve her home. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Moana, she just wants to go out and explore because she's being kept on her island and doesn't find her place there. But it's like, at the end of the day, she still wants to have like her home change and stuff. It's just like, yeah, I like this theme. It's a good theme. Um, but also Wind Waker vibes, you know, right. in terms of like islands, exploring islands. It's like, hey, I saw some underwater exploring here. Take that, Wind Waker. Where was my underwater game playing Wind Waker? I'm <laughs> still, finish still it. salty on me this it. many years later. <laughs> salty on No time. Uh, this is developed by uh, Chibig. Um, mixes farming, crafting, and exploring mechanics in a tropical archipelago with a colorful style and strong narrative. Strong narrative. Uh, the single-player experience it will be in a calm, relaxing environment uh, with a handmade handmade look 
and an exciting narrative. They really like to. They're really selling this narrative, which is funny because right. I didn't. I didn't get that impression from the trailer. I know. I didn't I, either. I yeah. really didn't get that either. But reading this, I'm just reading it as is because they really want you to be excited about the narrative. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you will, the main character is called Koa, a little venture girl who has to explore the world and discover the secrets that the ocean keeps. So, hmm. Uh, op- it's an open ocean with over 20 islands to explore. Okay. So I kind of like that, which makes me think I can go to multiple islands for my first island. Sure. I mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That is the right way to do it. Customize your own island with buildings, crops, and farm animals. Over 25 characters to meet and befriend, and more than 300 quests. That's a lot of quests. Yeah. It's too many it, quests. It, yeah, that's Xenoblade too many. Chronicles yeah. had about... <laughs> 300 yeah. yeah, and and like 85% of them were like super fetch questy, yeah. like yeah. basic. So that's my ass, worry yeah. is that it yeah. is a lot of, hey, I need to improve this. I need four more of this type of plant. Yeah. It's only found on that Go other island. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. See you later. Uh, they, as with every, every game nowadays, I don't even know why they mention this anymore. Day and night cycle. That has an effect on the world with climatic effects. So I do want to say that. I want, climatic I, effects. Okay. Um, uh, this was a part of the trailer, even. They yeah. were bragging about this day-night cycle, which is the thing that you would brag about 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was impactful to me, Damiani, because okay. of the shot they chose, which is the character looking at her town. And the town looks good. It looks like a town that I would want to explore. Just interesting-looking buildings, and when they light up at night, they, it looks like a doors that I want to walk through. Okay. And so... Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't be a feature. It shouldn't be a bullet point anymore, but visually I felt mm-hmm. it had an impact when they said day-night cycle, and I had a frame of reference for what this adventure might be like. Yeah, I I wanted I wanted really badly to be into this more than I was. Like I was super into the whole vibe, the whole look of it, just the whole idea of it, until they got to farming and crafting <laughs> and raise your town. Yeah. I am not into games like that. And it's not just not just this game. Like I'm not into like Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing. And it's just that's just not what speaks to me personally. I wanted so badly for this to be like a Wind Waker light, you know, in this cool Moana esque universe. That had some combat mechanics, and I wanted that so much. And then it's like, no, you're farming and you're crafting and you're building, which again, no problem with that. It's just not my thing. Yeah, there's definitely an audience for this, and uh, it looks like, I uh, hopefully that's appealing to a lot of people who are into this type of game. But I, I'm saying with you, I would even like uh, the game My Time at Porsche, which had a heavy emphasis on yeah. gathering and crafting as well. That game looks so intriguing to me uh, from a visual aspect, and it's Same. teased. It has more to it. It's like more of an MMO stylish game, but the heavy emphasis on like the crafting yeah. I saw initially just like it's kind of off putting to me. And, and I, I, I played a bit of it, and it was it definitely translated that way. It just felt yeah, the focus and, wasn't where I wanted it to be. And it's always a concern yeah. of mine. Yeah, I want to get immersed in these worlds, but it's really hard for me when the dominant mechanic is. Re- resource management essentially. Same. Like I need more to the game than that, but. I hope this like I I hope people find an interest with this game because everything else about it seemed pretty nice and yeah. again yeah to, back to the night, day night thing it's like and they're proud, they're <laughs> proud of it you know let them say something about it. like sure, that town right. they're like w- they're like oh wait till the end game when you see that final town when it's all built out and you see the sunset on the ocean and then you see the lights come up oh you're gonna uh-huh. be ashamed of what you just said show me another game that does it to this extent you can uh, yeah. you can show it in a trailer without saying day night cycle oh, well, I, to, I know. you know what I mean like they yeah. really could have done something differently there it, 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 it's like. It feels like the cute thing. Like someone's trying really hard, but it's also a little bit new to the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, 
oh, be sure to mention that. Be sure that they love that. They want to hear that. Like uh-huh. everyone's done this right. No, you got to put it on there, man. It like it means we <laughs> made it. We got to have it on. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I feel so bad, but uh, happy for them at the same time that this game will be coming out as a time console exclusive later this spring. So it's n- not long. Yeah, assuming no delays, especially for a game called Summer of Mara. That's yeah, it's one of the ones that's not coming out in summer. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. This next one was probably the game I was the most least interested in, or tied for the most least interested game I saw at this Indie World Showcase, and that would be Quantum League. I'm sorry to preface that with yeah. a leading statement, but <laughs> this is a game that, like, hey, because I'm into sci-fi stuff. Okay. I love time travel, time manipulation, anything with, like, messing around with time mechanics. And this is a online first-person shooter where... As a quantum athlete, you compete in these specially designed arenas where agility, speed, and skill aren't enough to win. No, no, no. You got to have the ability to tactically play with your past and future selves to win the match. Combines muscle with brain in a unique, exciting way to bring online competitive shooters to a new level. Wait, did I say it combines muscle with brain? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's literally what they said. The brain is a... Is, is a <laughs> so combined? I- Combine them. Push them together. Super, super muscle. Yep. Okay. Uh, but, like, none of this was really in the trailer except for you saw, like, three players at first in a very tiny arena that looked like, kindly putting it as, like, an Overwatch knockoff-looking aesthetic. Not even, it wasn't even that. I'd even, like, put it a little closer to Fortnite. Okay, Fortnite, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 It's even, but it's not as blocky as Fortnite. It's, it's like a hybrid. It's sure. like a weird knockoff of both those if they had, yeah, you know. And the, the logo design also gave, like made me feel like they were going for a little bit of Rocket League. Yeah, kinda, it and, was like trying to piecemeal yeah. different like aesthetic things, different like things that speak to that audience. And they're like, we got this great hook. In an online first-person shooter, somehow in real time, you're going to be able to make a future and past version of yourself play at the same time. And like, I was like, wait, how does this work? And they just show like your other selves moving around and stuff, but they do not sell the concept at all, in my opinion. It failed yeah. miserably. I was like, I need to – no, you need to show me this. Yeah. Like take a second and show me a menu or – like how – in real time and online, unless you're doing turn-based – I, how are you doing this? I was so confused. I was so yeah. lost. That's fair. You got like 30 seconds for a trailer. I know. Don't show your characters. Just show that. Don't right. show your arenas. You know, just show that one thing. Show the one reason that people would be interested in your game. Like, for sure. Yeah. I'm going to come up with this, like a better trailer real quick. Oh, okay. You're showing like the 1v1 thing. You think it's 1v1 match and you're showing the person getting the kill. It's like, ooh, that was a good kill. And then from behind, you see the same character come from behind and shoot like, like Matrix style, like Trinity, like dodge this, the agent. It's like, Whoa, where did you come from? And then, like, person behind them gets them. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. You're, you're, just, You're so, just raising more questions for me. But, I just, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's more intriguing. It's like, it is, and then, it is and more and intriguing. And then you say, like, and then you say, like, I'm like, you know, they can even say, like, a one liner, like, hi from the past, baby, or something. <laughs> I know. I'm not the one they, writing they, the line. They need to have you write this. <laughs> I'm game. not writing yeah. it. I'm just giving you the concept <laughs> here. Hi from the past, baby. That's, that is the, the best of action movie. <laughs> Badass action movie one-liners. Hi <laughs> from the past, past baby. baby. Oh, that's a... I love that. Me too. I, I might have to use that. I'll give you credit, but I'll use that at some point. Please stop. <laughs> Leave me alone. So good. 
I honestly that but that was just hearing that and then you coming up with that was way more fun than than the trailer made this game look. I'm sad to say. Now yeah. I, I will say I'm coming at this from a from a biased perspective. You lost me in the first four words, which were which was online first person mm-hmm. shooter. That's just not me. I don't care. I'm not, I don't play. Um, I don't play first person shooters generally. If I do, it's because I want to you know, blast through Doom or mm. some Modern Warfare campaign on the easiest difficulty and turn my brain off, you know? Okay, but, and, yeah. and there's not there's anything wrong with that, but I'm not a competitive first-person shooter I completely guy. understand. I'm very much the same way. Yeah. I, I've tried out a lot of these games. I obviously played Fortnite. I obviously played Apex Legends. obviously played, you know, every, like more recent Call of Duty stuff online. And uh, But I've never touched Overwatch, though. That's the one I've never actually played, which is kind of interesting. But on premise alone... I don't care how much of a miserable failure this ends up being. I just need, want to see, like, they at least got me to want to see, like, one match. Okay. I just want to see how this works. Sure, sure. Yeah. I was like, okay, that concept does does kind of sell itself. You know, I still think you could have made, like, a better trailer for, like, the purpose of getting more people, like, hyped on it. My, mine's just curiosity. I just have curiosity. I don't have no excitement over this. It's just, I just want to see it, have my curiosity satisfied. And sure. I'm gonna walk probably walk away because it's not it's probably gonna be a disappointment. I'm just gonna be mm-hmm. honest with myself. It's probably not gonna be as cool as I think it I is. I mean, it's definitely the kind of concept that on paper seems like it could garner its own following. Like like there's nothing else out there that seems like it's quite like it. I mean, there's stuff like super hot where, you know, I, I think the the whole thing is where other things only move when you move. Yeah, I mean, we which, know super hot. Yeah, well. <laughs> so I haven't I haven't played I haven't played a little bit of it, but I you know, that is pretty singular as well. But this is even different from that. And I think if they you know, if they were to explain the concept better, you know, in terms of relating it to the to the viewers, and if it turns out to be a good game, this could garner its own little following. But based on what I saw today, I kind of hear you. I don't think this looks like it's going to turn out to be anything spectacular. It just doesn't. Yeah, I, there's just too many fears I have about how this is going to go wrong uh-huh. that are overwhelming any ideas of how this is going to go right. Like I, my, right. I can't. My mind can't reconcile that right now, so that's why I so desperately need them to show me this mm-hmm. to to give me a little bit more to go on. I just can't go on in good faith with this concept. But if you know, if they do a good job of it, though, I, I was kind of oh, I yeah. was trying to think my way through it while I was watching the trailer, thinking, okay, I could see the right kind of player getting super into formulating strategies based on you know what your present self did, and then then that's going to support what you're going to do in your next life, and it could be really cool if if done properly, but. I don't think it's. It just doesn't feel like it's going to come together in that way. I'll be happy to be proved wrong. Same. Like, Same. Prove me wrong. Yeah. yeah, for sure. This next game comes from a name you might have heard of before. Sweary, uh-huh. White Owls. It's called The Good Life, and if White Owls and Sweary mean absolutely nothing to you, uh, they recently released a game called The Missing. Um, big hit here at Easy Allies. Very good game. This game, though, you're playing as Naomi, a journalist from New York who moves to a backwoods British town called Rainy Woods in order to pay off her massive debt. The only way for her to escape from debt, hell, is to take pictures of happenings in the town and report on them. Of course, the happiest town in the world is not your average town. The the inhabitants of the happiest town in the world are some of the most bizarre people you'll ever come across. (laughs) 
You'll live alongside them as you solve mysteries and experience a hearty helping of craziness. All right. How'd they get through all of that without saying you get to turn into a cat? And then literally in my own notes, that's what they put. Yeah. I literally had to put after that. Also, awesome. You play as a cat dog and get to ride a sheep. Yeah, like, Which, those this? are yeah, those are the most. The trailer interesting. did. Yeah. the trailer absolutely focused on the right thing. Yes. Right. this is what's written on the page for Such them. Such a priority. So here. Yeah. this is an yeah. example of good trailer yeah. getting you hooked on it versus this is what the marketing team wanted to write and thinks is what people want to read. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like I get it. You know, there's a there is a pedigree. You want to know about the premise. You know, you expect it to be a little bit different and intriguing. You know, but playing as a cat and dog. And riding a sheep, that's your primary mode of transportation in the game besides walking, is riding a sheep. Yeah. yeah. Right. This was my favorite game of the presentation. Oh, yeah. I, I think this game is shaping together very well. Same. Uh, I loved that trailer. Just, I, you know, the uh, uh, idea of a living town and, you know, at night it's different and I can walk, walk up a wall as a cat. Like, that's just that's just appealing yeah, in so yeah. many ways. And I will give the marketing copy credit for this, what, the, the the way to describe the setting and kind of what's going on. It reminded me more than anything of Hot Fuzz, which I'm not saying it's going to... I was literally gonna, about to yeah, say that! Which is no a really way. good thing. Yes. Not that I think it's going to end up yes. turn out to be anywhere near as funny as Oh, I'm as so Hot glad Fuzz. you're on the same way. Like I was but, really about to say... This is yeah. hot fuzz. Like, yeah, nice sure. little town. Right. Timothy Dalton's got some strange <laughs> shit going down here. Everyone's, yeah. no. I like that idea, though. And I like the idea of, of, of infiltrating and kind of getting, you know, we don't know how, how dark it's going to be versus funny or whatever, but I like the idea of infiltrating this idyllic, happiest town on earth and seeing the, the dark underpinnings of what makes it tick. Mm-hmm. And I think between the presentation, as you were saying, and just the overall vibe of the setting and and why you're doing this why she's moving to this town and this this seems like there's got some real potential here for sure I and of do. course you get to turn into a cat and a dog and ride a sheep i mean yeah. that you know yeah, who can say know that uh i like the character designs though same yeah. um they're, they're gonna work they're on very, the switch yeah, yeah very distinct and like of all the games we saw trying to be like unique and stand out i felt like this almost did so effortlessly just like mm-hmm. and it wasn't going for a more like uh colorful palette it was it was still kind of like that. Uh, I don't want to say fantasy, but like it's uh, the I'm getting the word for the style here. It's a little bit more realistic, but like it's also not abstract. Uh, like the proportion stuff, like exaggerated. Or oh, something. exaggerated. It's like, yeah, it's exaggerated. Sure. And everything else here was going for like colorful, animated. You know, that's like the way everything's going. I feel, especially with indie games, this like no, we're gonna do our own thing. Mm-hmm. No, we like yeah. this look. It's pretty good. We can sell it. Uh, what was the Wallace and Gromit kind of like? Not quite that claymation, but like it's in that, like going in that direction. It's, it's an atypical yeah. visual style for sure. Yeah. I'm going to go take an art class and learn some vocabulary. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not a joke. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that it was your favorite game. Yeah, it or, looks really, yeah. really good. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, uh, sorry. No release date still. Launching later this year. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. 2020. Yeah. 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 Uh, this was a surprise, this next game. But if you actually followed this company, you would have known about this game for over a year. Wow. The Last Campfire, developed by Hello Games. That was a, yeah. With Sean Murray on camera <laughs> and a Nintendo video. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, and uh, Steven Burgess was also there as well, introducing this game to a Nintendo audience. Uh, actually, this game has been confirmed, I believe, to be coming to PS4, Switch, Xbox, maybe PC, uh, since December of 2018. Oh, wow. uh, okay. It's actually been around for that long. Uh, it is an adventure 
in a story of a lost ember trapped in a puzzling place searching for meaning in a way home. And they wanted, they kept emphasizing this really personal tale, mm-hmm. whereas No Man's Sky was this big ambition they had. This is a more intimate, smaller scale. They even call it, it actually is called a Hello Game short in the mm-hmm. trailer. Which is, so. yeah, I found that interesting. I, I have to say, this this sold me pretty quickly. Uh, despite oh, yeah. despite it being Hello Games, despite, you know, I mean, uh, of course, No Man's Sky has significantly improved from what it used to be. Uh, but, you know, I, I would still say Hello Games is still kind of a, you're not really quite sure what you're getting with them yet, but with this trailer sold me fast, and it sold my wife fast. She was uh, watching Indie World with me, and by the end of this, she was a little emotional, and I was kind of, yeah. I was close to it there. I was, like, almost where she was. I'm like, oh, I've, I've, I've watched two minutes of this, and I already feel something for these characters, and I... The, the only thing that makes me a little, little uncertain is that it doesn't really show you, the trailer at least, doesn't show you the, too much of what the actual gameplay loop might be, which that doesn't make me worried. It just makes me not sure. But vi- vibe-wise and atmospherically, this trailer sold me as one of my favorite things in Indie World this morning. I definitely agree. I, I, I feel like I might have a a decent understanding of where they're probably going to go mm-hmm. with the gameplay loop. I mean, I, I do probably need to see a little bit more before right. I want to like say I definitely know. But I think it nailed so well, as you said, the like the, the that emotional pull, seeing that ability to kind of like revive, like that, mm-hmm. that stone, like petrified companion of theirs, someone they knew or like someone who obviously like they cared for, bringing him back to life and then juxtaposing, juxtaposing that immediately against one of them that's like dead, like they're right. so dead and far gone that they're a skeleton, but they still put the hand down. And like it conveys that one, they're not sure about how far their power extends, but also confirming, hey, no matter how cool this power you have, there there are limits. So yeah. like, I think it's also implying that like maybe there's like potentially a time limit, or also just the simple fact that like expect some like heart strings being tugged at where you're just gonna see some things that can save. You know, that's yeah. just reality and stuff. And I, I like that. I like when trailers can do that with like like no words, just images, mm-hmm. and do it in such a simple, short, condensed way. Though so that like I think this is a really well done trailer for yeah. for for getting this across and selling this game. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Hello Games can produce in a different context. Like as you said, a Hello Games short. You know, we really only have one game to judge them by thus far, and that's No Man's Sky, and that is its own weird, bizarre story. So it'll be nice to and have Joe something. Danger. Oh right, yeah, I forgot Joe about. Of course, Joe right. Danger. Yeah, which is so completely, We're completely different. Yeah. It's, yeah. So we have two games to judge it's easy them by. To I completely that one. forgot about yeah, Joe I Danger. Yeah. It too. So it'll be nice to have something else that's even like another completely different type of thing mm-hmm. to kind of give more context to this company because it doesn't really have a whole lot of context yet for itself. Yeah, I think labeling it as a short is is very smart. Mm-hmm. I love that, and I want to encourage any developer to go for it. Absolutely. To do that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't pat it out. Don't worry about making your game super long. If this is what yeah. the story you want to tell is, just make it work. I completely that agree. So yeah. much. Yeah. Just like getting to like not padding it, not putting filler. Just stop worrying about the expectations about hour length. Like meeting these weird, nebulous like go- like metrics that like the internet says you have to hit and stuff, or right. else you're gonna get a bad review score or something like that. And yeah, like that conveys so much just by putting like shorts by it. I immediately have this assumption and I expect it's going to be met. And it just puts the expectations in the right place, I think. I think they handled this very well. And it's to be expected after what they went through with, yeah. you know, No Man's <laughs> Sky. Like they obviously learned some lessons. So right. 
that, that's great. You know, that's the good thing about people who come out from that type of stuff. You know, and also as you said, No Man's Sky has turned around. You know, it is they didn't give up significantly. On that. Yeah. yeah, his fans, it's yeah, a, a huge. It fan is. Yeah, I think it's a testament, and I think someone wants to keep on making games. It's if it's within your power, that's something you need to do mm-hmm. uh, on a project. Don't abandon it. Try your best <clears throat> to to remedy it. This next one also kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna say it's title Pixel Junk Eden Two. Oh, this is a cool surprise. Very out of nowhere. <clears throat> out of nowhere. Yeah. And like, once upon a time, I thought this would have been like made a lot of people excited. Be mm-hmm. like, ooh, pixel junk. This is a big deal. Yeah. And I feel bad saying that I feel like it kind of just like felt like average. Like it's unveiling. It, uh, maybe I'm missing something here. I think maybe it's like, unveiling was too abs- abstract. Okay. Is what it was. Because like, I think what I saw looked really interesting to me. And I, 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 I kind of like that. Synesthetic, that kind of like you know wacky visuals with cool music, kind of like that kind of chill out type of game. But I didn't get a really good feel for what you were actually doing in it throughout the whole trailer. Even though I was like, oh wow, pretty visuals, this is cool. But I just I, it was a little too abstract, I think, for a for an in- initial reveal. What is the very first one of these games? Is it just Pixel Junk Eden was the original, or was there something else before that? I think Monsters came first. Did it? Because the ones I know, the, the ones I played of the Pixel Junk series were the shooter games, which I love. Yeah. I would love to have those. On I played one of them yeah. on Game Trailers. I had a blast They're with it. They're great games. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I don't know why none of the others really caught on for whatever reason. And for some reason, I always confuse this type, this game with like others, like like Flower. <laughs> right, like for and and res, like I know I know who made those games. It's not the same, but yeah. I always like have that expectation of like there's a big there's a good cult following behind this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like a, a thing that should be celebrated, and I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel like as big of a deal. This announcement, no, I agree. A, for something that should have been like a surprise, like whoa, this exists, and like Q Games is very good. I was like, they've made some really great games, and they have a good pedigree. So I trust this will end up being very good. It's just, I think you're just right, Ash. I think this abstract presentation just didn't sink in with me, and I couldn't formulate a very positive opinion because of that. Well, I think this this also is coming at a time where the Pixel Junk name is kind of, I don't want to say past its prime, because the game's never really got worse in quality, really, but you don't hear about Pixel Junk as much as you used to. You know, there was a time where Pixel Junk was synonymous with, like, oh, this is a really good PlayStation indie series. Like, I need to keep an eye on this as a PlayStation fan, uh, you know, because th- at least for me, they were always mm. more associated with PlayStation platforms back in their heyday, uh, back in the Pixel Junk games' heyday. Now you don't really hear about Pixel Junk as much anymore, and I think that maybe just people don't maybe need to be reminded, maybe don't care as much anymore just because there hasn't been that many of it's them. It's weird. I think there's a way, it's a way different market. <clears throat> I think Pixel Junk Shooter launching today has a hard time grabbing attention. Sure. Uh, I, I think they were on top of something at a time that, you know, it's hard to stay on top of. Uh, so I did, I played a lot of Pixel Junk Eden. And what's weird is it, it's not at all like the sequel. Uh, it was more like levels. You know, you were hmm. in environments, but the gameplay itself is what's there. It's a lot of like a Bionic Commando. You have a grappling hook and you, you just move around by using your grappling hook and sticking it to things. And oh, okay. it's about your momentum and your movement. The sequel looks like a, a, those old music visualizers. It looks yeah. it looks trippy. It looks like yeah. it's not at all about being in an environment, but more about this kind of visual experience. And it's it's weird. It's a sequel in a completely different direction. However, maintaining its core gameplay right. in, in a way. It's, I mean, and and I do love that kind of experience. I like that kind of chill out. I don't want to call it a genre, but that type of game where it is about 
you know, the visual and the, and the musical experience coming together, especially if it's anchored around a really compelling, simple gameplay loop. But again, I just don't think that trailer did enough to really explain what is the game part of this. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. But what is the game part of this? What 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 am I doing? <laughs> and you know what? I would say the trailer seemed unconcerned about it. Yeah, that's true as well. The trailer's yeah. like, hey, you don't need <laughs> yeah. to know what this game is like. It's like, yeah, yeah we do, we do. That's important, that's important. Yeah. Like, no, you're going to love this music, dude. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting what you brought up, Ash, because it makes me think about whether or not how much a factor of PlayStation's marketing from its heyday. I was thinking about like, that just now. It was now. always constantly pushed out as one of like their big indie projects yeah. or exclusives. Like, hey, look what we got here. Mm-hmm. And it was always, yeah, it was just always put out there. So it was yeah. like always mentioned. And yeah, now that's a good it, point. It kind of like fell by the wayside. I also don't know if maybe the name has just like been used so much that it's become so common that like expectations are like oh yeah it's another pixel junk game yeah it'll be good or something yeah i mean it, um, yeah. yeah we're cool it I has been attached it. to things that people didn't really you know at least relatively didn't care about that in great numbers like i think it was pixel junk 3am which is like a dj or 1am 4am i was like 1 3 4am i was thinking about that Some number early in the morning which is yeah. perfect and i think for for the very narrow focus that it had in terms of the appeal i think people really liked it but it just it came and went so quickly yeah. And so I think this just there's a bit yeah I think it's it's a different marketplace now, um, and as you said, you know how much of that was due to PlayStation's pushing it because you know believe it or not you never know it from from them today but PlayStation used to really care about indie games and really push them hard <laughs> and 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 curate them well they don't yeah. do it anymore but they sure used to and I wonder how much of of Pixel Junk becoming known among PlayStation fans in that time was due to PlayStation's own efforts. Yeah, seems like it was. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there yeah. was. Think, oh, of sorry, the game like yeah, was, think of the game like that Flow. Yeah, think of the game like Flow. That was what okay. I was trying to think of okay. Flow okay. That's, right now. Yeah. I can't okay. imagine it. I can't yeah. imagine that time. Okay, because yeah. that was the one that predated yeah. Flower. It's like, what was the one before Flower? I played right. so much of it. Flow. Thank and it's that okay. exact same thing. It was like a, a small exclusive that they yeah. were really willing to yeah. get behind, and there's just no way that a work, game like that would work today. I think. Yeah. They gave a few more details. I don't know if this is going to do anything for you. We'll see. Um, I, so this might just be like common old stuff. Uh, jump, spin, swing, and take out invading creatures to collect pollen and grow gardens back to full bloom. Okay, so that's like the first game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, along the way, you'll encounter a host of creatures and beautifully realized alien worlds to explore and liberate. Wallow in a feeling of synesthesia as the art and exquisite music from Bayon envelops your mind and soul and you, your grimp, and the delightful aesthetics of Pixel Junk Eden become one. You know what? It did help a little bit. That's some good language. That was yeah, really yeah, it is some good. That was a, that wallow was is an interesting choice writer. of y- yes. Wallow is a weird choice of word. <laughs> I love wallow in like, a feeling because usually, like, usually what? when I when I think of wallow, I think of I, I it's a negative connotation, like wallowing in despair. Oh yeah, like so that's a weird yeah word to use. Wallow but away. everything you said after wallow <laughs> is everything I would want from a game like this. So. <laughs> Enjoy this Wonderland alone or with a friend via local multiplayer. I think Eden One had multiplayer. I'm not familiar. I don't know, so yeah. like, I'll trust that it probably had it. Uh, and it's coming to Switch this summer. It was that another console exclusive? No, okay. it just said it's coming to Switch, which means it's coming to other platforms yeah. as well. Yeah, this is definitely something I'll be keeping an eye on, though for sure. It's on my radar. No. Yeah. So Ash, remember earlier you said uh, with a. Quantum League, you had a little bit of a bias against like online shooters, right? Uh, this next game is my online or my bias. I think I know you're. I think we're gonna agree on this. Yeah, Feria. 
This is that card one, Develop, right? Yeah. Yes. This okay. is the card game with yeah. the hexagonal uh, or yeah, yeah. grids yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you know what's coming. Yeah. Developed by uh, <laughs> it's either Apricam or Apricam Entertainment, published by Versus Versus Evil. I wrote down a card game. Mm-hmm. Build exciting decks and shape the battlefield as you fight. Building exciting decks. I'm st- there's just there's there's nothing exciting about building. But this decks next for part me. though. Raise mountains, build forest, fill lakes, or harness the sands of the deserts. That's that was like a just bullet point. I mean, point on I mean the they're site. trying. So yeah. like the map, I assume they're like these blank, like uh, hexagonal grid things. I think when you play a, like a, maybe an environment card of some kind, you determine the attributes of that space. Okay. I'm assuming this is what this means. Uh, like I'm thinking of a has not a card game at all. I am thinking of. Uh, end of Eternity, Residence of Fate. Okay. Uh, uh, the Tri-Ace developed uh, RPG from the 360 PS3 era where you navigated the world map on these hexagonal grids and you had to place pieces down that determine okay. the, the attributes of that square. Mm-hmm. Whether it be like an enemy square and whether or not like you had bonuses and stuff. It's like obviously more games have done stuff like that, but this is like what I was drawn to. It's like, hmm, card game. But cool map thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch it. Enjoy hundred plus <clears throat> hours of solo content, co-op missions, and puzzles. Even though I'm not a card game fan, mm-hmm. I am very happy and love hearing about the trend of these card games getting like campaigns. Yeah, and I agree. Solo yeah. stuff that mm-hmm. aren't like doesn't solely rely on the online competitive aspect of it. Hundred hours yeah. is a lot. That's a lot for uh, card I do games. also, for card games, I like the idea of puzzles. There is a perfect play here. Figure it out. I actually think that's a good way to learn uh, because you'll fail sure. multiple do times. Any card games give you like a grade based on like the solution you came up with? Like, eh, you took one too many cards to get here. Like, you got a B. That's a good like, question. That, that's a, I love that way of informing you. Like, hey, you can succeed doing this, but guess what? There is a better way. Try and figure it out. And when you get, like, we'll grade, you know, less plays or playing like a better combination, something like that, I have to imagine. I love that. Uh, as a tool to teach players to strive to be better. Journey through the Oversky and defeat devious world bosses. So there's going to be world bosses? Is that like a common thing in card games? I'm a little unfamiliar. No, but, yeah. uh, it sounds like just uh, bosses to I'll me. Take uh, them down. They probably yeah. have good decks. Yeah. Or even play enemy AI in draft mode. Cool. Uh, they have something called Pandora. It's a unique draft mode where your deck building skills are put to the ultimate test. So there's something like a challenge with deck building skills. Um, Maybe so the, you're... the way drafts work is we yeah. have one pool of cards. We split it f- two ways, I guess, if it's 1v1. So you have a, d- a pack of cards. I have a pack of cards. I pick the card that I want most out of that, and I, I send you my half. And then you pick the card you want out of your half, and okay. you send me that half. And so you just kind of exchange, exchange. I like deck building games. They're fun. Okay. Um, like They seem like they're making it like even like, that level of it's going to be a competition. Yeah, it's cool. Which is interesting because usually it's like, the competition plays out when you play your decks, your hands against each other, and like the actual card battle. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how they make the deck building part like score based, or, or someone's gonna judge. Oh, your deck is way better than theirs. You know that was a good decision. Um, it's gonna be there'll be a PvP and online stuff, so there'll, there'll be that as well. Available later this month, so coming out very shortly. Wow, yeah. I I I mean I'm with you. All my respect to the devs. I just I my my brain turns off when you start talking to me about building your decks and playing cards. And I'm just I'm not a card game guy. Whether it's whether it's like you know 
physical card games like Solitaire or whatever, or like online, or you know, yeah, oh, uh, I can, I, or or I can digital do, card games, or I can do those. I can do like, like poker. Like I can play I can Solitaire. Solitaire. I just don't like and I, it. And I actually like I enjoy those types. Oh, do you? It's okay, like, okay. It, it's something. It's this weird hiccup with me where the more elaborate a card game gets, because I know video games exist, I'm lazy and just want it put in a video game. And like uh-huh. I don't want to see the cards anymore. Like disguise. Oh, sorry, disguise the mechanics. Right. Like yeah. it's also the same thing with my problem with D and D. I know D and D is great. I know it's like the origin of like everything. It's super important. And you're a fool if you like don't acknowledge and respect that about it at the very least and see its appeal. But at the same time, I love the being fooled about. Hey, I'm playing an RPG. Like I'm playing Final Fantasy. I'm right. not having to do any. Like it's. Just to, it's like streamlining it. It's quality of lifing it. It's doing all these things to dress it up and giving it like like back in the day when he had like DOS operating command line stuff. They're like, here's a GUI. Oh my gosh, we're never going. We got Windows. We are never going back to this other stuff. But like people are like, no, no, no. This is way more simpler. This is pure. Like I understand the argument, but for me, I'm on the side like you made things different and a better for me. I could never go back to. I never even started here. Well, how can you even imagine me going back to that? And, like, other people can do that, but it's just not for me. I think I can enjoy, like, deck building. I've enjoyed deck building in the context of other game mechanics, like, genre-wise. For example, I really love the Mega Man Battle Network games Mm. because those are deck building games. You do have to build a deck of battled ships, but then the game turns from, okay, here's your strategy part. That's over. Now... Here come the you know here's comes the video gaming part. You're controlling Mega Man in real time. You're you have to react to, to enemy attacks with your reaction time. It isn't just about out you know out uh, building your deck. What's not building? It's about that too. But you also have to execute on the you know the the action gaming side of it. And so I think I can enjoy good deck building in you know in the context of another genre. But when it's just that's the whole game. This might turn out to be an awesome game. It's just not my thing. I just couldn't bear to. I not I just couldn't bring myself to really care about this as much. But I hope that the people who would love this really end up liking it. Yeah, as you said, they're nailing variety. Yeah, they, they got absolutely. You know, they're they're hitting another category right there, which yeah. is cool for sure. Uh, card game I played was Kingdom Hearts, uh, and and that was the only Kingdom Hearts game that I didn't Re-chain really enjoy. Memories. I, I didn't guess. enjoy it very much because I you. I bailed yeah. on that one so. Oh, hard. and it's so yeah. like as soon as I realized, like, well, you know, of course I played for just for the story, but like when I realized that just swinging Sora's Keyblade was playing a card, I'm like, no, yeah. I don't like this. Uh-uh. I hate what it. Hell? Where's my Kingdom Hearts? Uh, it was the most painful yeah. experience in a Kingdom Hearts game, and there's some painful ones in that. Right. And then it's my greatest shame. Uh, Baiting Kaidos didn't give those games. Like, I didn't play it. I, I, I heard really I good things. S- there's so much praise for it. But them. you're already yeah. in an RPG. You don't need that extra level of abstraction. I get that. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Yeah. I really, really mm-hmm. get it. All right. Our final game before uh, they did a little sizzle reel montage was Eldest Souls. This oh, game has yeah. no shame. Right. And they're they're <laughs> yes. not masking the fact of what they're going for here. Developed by Fallen Flag Studios and published by United Label, set in a grim, dark fantasy world, Eldest Souls innovates boss rush gameplay with a high level of combat customization. So that's the hook they're going for. So they're saying that you really need to pay attention to the skills. By beating bosses, you get skills and a wide array of skills that you can like unlock through other means, and like, like currencies, stuff like that. Selecting your loadout will be very important to how successful you are against each monster. So they're going to want you to observe the patterns, observe his abilities, and do the tried and true matter of like, oh, equip like 
I should put a little bit more, like, I should put a fire vulnerability up, you know, something to, like, that'll work on it better, you know, some, obviously that's simplifying it, but along those lines, essentially, and that's what they're going for, mm-hmm. and then, like, pixel art, like, it's, like, pixel art, they even say it's Souls-like, we're not beating around a bush, we're, we're going for that Souls-y feel, so, and they say every boss counter is going to be very unique and very challenging, so, like, this is the game, so expect to, mm-hmm. like, lose a lot, mm-hmm. so, is that... I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like that's almost not enough. Even if they do this very mm-hmm. well, I almost am like, this isn't enough anymore. Yeah, it, it it did. It felt like it had a bit of a, I don't know, like the impact it feels like it should have had because that's the the end thing. Souls like Soulsborn, you know, everybody loves that. But even despite that, it didn't feel like it had the kind of impact it should have. Would that have, had that been enough? And I agree with you. It's it, it didn't stand out. I'm trying to remember the game. Brad, I either reviewed it or did something with it. It was another Souls-like 2D sprite-based, the big cone-shaped head guy. Uh, hmm. uh, forgetting the name of it right now. Also, an indie game it was in an indie world showcase a while back. Uh, but that game offered like actual gameplay, like levels on top of boss encounters. Mm-hmm. To me, you can't just have boss rush. Like blasphemy. Bla- thank you. That's oh, blasphemy. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Good Got job. There. Good pull, Kyle. <laughs> I need, I, I just need a little bit more than this. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there is, and it's not like, hey, we're not really hype, like talking about that part yet or something. But boss rush to me just seems like a mode. It seems like, I guess, I mean, in a scale of an indie game, I mean, do what you do best and start there. But it's gonna like when you invoke this name, you are inviting this level of criticism. Like you yeah. should want, understand what you're getting yourself into and understand the expectations you're setting. The, the boss rush genre is a real slim. I'm sure many games exist where it's only boss fights. I kind of like the idea. I think it can exist. What's funny about Blasphemous is the stupid conehead makes the game uh, uh, I- iconic in a way. Yeah. It gives mm-hmm. the game a thing. We, you, you said the, the conehead game, and I knew exactly which one you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of the designs of this actually stood out. And I think you really oh, need yeah. Yeah. I, I think you need those enemies <clears throat> to be freaky in their own individual way, particular to this game. Uh, you're right, because you use so many familiar words in games to compare this to. Uh, but I, don't, I think a boss rush game could work. I think it's yeah. I think it just doesn't it doesn't stand out. I guess visually, it doesn't really have that visual hook. I mean, it looks nice, and it is the kind of game I think that could end up being quite nice. Like when I first saw it, because it's kind of that top down look that I got more of a hyper light drifter yeah. vibe from it. Which sure. and that's a beautiful. That's what game. I was trying to think. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. I was kept but saying it, Bastion. I was like, no, it's the right. other, it's the other one. It oh, also kind of reminded me of Fury just a bit, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but with the movement and stuff. But I would say hyper light drifter reminded me more of that, and that's a beautiful game. But it didn't stand out as much as that game does. That's the thing. Like, I think of all these other games that are coming to mind and not this. I'm only thinking yeah. of this because it's being presented to me. But I feel like tomorrow or two days from now, I'm going to forget about this and remember. Bla- Even if I can remember yeah. the name, I remember Blasphemous. <laughs> I'm gonna, I remember right. uh, Hyperlight Drifter. I remember Fury. I'm going to remember Bastard. It's like I remember these games because they stood out. But they also were really good games too. Mm-hmm. And I do agree, Kyle. Like you can do a very good boss rush game, but like I don't think you need to call it like. Eldest Souls and like invoke that. Con- like um, you get what I'm saying. Like comparing the right. Souls comparison. Don't do that. Like mm-hmm. you should not do that. Stop that. Right. Yeah. Like go, like you want to make a boss rush game that's excellent. Just do that. Let it stand on its own two feet. You're you're kind of like sabotaging yourself here. Shooting yourself in the foot. I feel like almost if you don't execute like flawlessly. And even then, it might not be enough because yeah. people are gonna ask for more. So um, I don't know. But at the same time, you gotta get trying to grab attention. So like. 
Maybe Souls Faithful, like eh, you said, Souls, I got to play it. I don't care. I got to try it out. I'm going to spend 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Sure. You know, if I'm going to crap on it afterwards, I still got to buy it and play it. So right. maybe they know it better than I do. You know? At least a few of those. Yeah. Sizzle Real Time. All right. Nice. Blair Witch coming summer 2020. Skip. Don't think we need to say anything else about <laughs> no. that. Ghost of a Tale. Oh, the uh, mouse game. Yep. Originally funded as Indigo campaign. It's pretty much on everything else already. Uh, gave the coming spring 2020. Uh, performance on it looked a little rough. I don't know if it had performance issues on other platforms, but that was Switch footage. Might need a little bit more polish. Well, also the trailer, and I haven't played it on any platform, but the trailer made it seem like they're realistic spiders and stuff I, and that that is not uh, that's I'm never playing it so I hate realistic spiders. spiders but what about like hairy ones well is... are they hairy are they, are they like realistic like 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 okay a good example is like Twilight Princess has that giant uh, Goma? Goma boss but it's armored it doesn't bother me it looks okay. like a cartoonish kind of okay but if they're yeah but if they're like the tarantula type enemies in Resident Evil or look anything close nope never that's playing ben. it never playing it we need to get a, do a, a you and Ben podcast about this we should like, do it I can't I can't therapeutic. handle it yeah uh, this one I think is going to excite more people because I think it's going to get attention because the platform originally was released on Sky Children of Light that game company is a uh, right. game for iOS uh, came out last year uh, coming to Switch, I think this game is going to gain a lot more traction mm-hmm. uh, on Switch. I'm curious about it because I didn't play it on mobile. So uh, they gave some details, like Sword Explore, Seven Dreamlike Realms, uh, encounter and socialize with like-minded players from around the world. So it's like online. Uh, feel free to express yourself with delightful selection of character customizations. I mean, every online game is going to have those by right. now. I will uh, say that, that yeah. I got it, it never pulled away from seeming like Journey in the Sky to me. Like I, I want to see more. That, yeah. Of I want to see what more more of like what makes this game stand apart mm-hmm. next Journey because it looks so Journey inspired, but in the sky this time. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Abzu felt like Journey in the water. Mm-hmm. That's so Abzu is <laughs> yeah. pretty sweet. Uh, it, it's a great yeah. game, and I'm not saying I mean, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna you know try to emulate something, go for the best. And Journey is incredible, and so is Abzu. I loved it, but. Yeah. As much as I want to check this game out, I, I need to know what makes it stand apart. Sure. You know? Understandable. Uh, before we were recording, you talked about this game, Skyracket. Yes. I this this stood out to me immediately when I saw it. I love. I'm like a sucker for that 16-bit pixel art, kind of just you know Sonic-esque art style. Like there's one yeah. part of the trailer where there's like a, a vibrant cityscape that's glowing all these cool different colors, reminding me of Chemical Plant. Uh, I looked up some of the information about the game. Apparently, the soundtrack is like 16-bit chip tune. This is all stuff that's checking every box for me. I love stuff like this. R- they on their site, catchy original soundtrack, sure to please 16-bit fans. Oh wow! There you go. They're going for you, Ash. Yeah, they, they are. are. They're going for you. Yep. But it's got this kind of um, almost Scott Pilgrim-esque uh, art style in terms of the Scott Pilgrim game. It, it almost kind of had that yeah, look to it. I can see that. Yeah, the 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 blending of like calling it the world's first shoot 'em up breaker, mixing classic genres. You know, as you said, right. it's I did, like yeah. yeah, like that. I mean, that's attention grabbing, and like I did like the art style of it. It definitely just looked, popped to me. Yeah. in general, yeah. I mean, I think they do a good job of trying to solve with these bullet points. Bizarre boss battles. No, really, they're very strange. That's, <laughs> that's you know, good. That's good. Yeah, copy. they got the yeah. humor. Yeah. Bullet hell challenges to thrill and test your will. Uh, I like this part. Mastering the mechanics of rebounding attacks and find creative ways to use your enemy's weapons against them. Like puzzles, boss puzzles. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, that's good. Because I, I thought it would be just dodge and spam the fire button. But mm-hmm. no, there's going to be a little bit more to it. 
And apparently it's uh, two players, like co-op, yep. which is cool. And I mean, yeah. And, and when I went back to watch uh, Indie World again before recording this, I saw it's actually out now. This is one of the few games yes. they shadow dropped. It was one of the two shadow drops yeah. today. So I might go home and check that out tonight, actually. Nice. Super Liminal, uh, ready on PC, but it's coming to other platforms this, game this year. So sick. Uh, First-person puzzle game based mm-hmm. on force perspective and optical illusions. Looks really interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is uh, – I, did he already cover this on an easy update when it came out already or no? I don't think so. Mm, no. I expect it might. Hmm. Uh, this next one's also real intriguing and out there. Uh, Wingspan. This is based on an actual board game. Oh, right. A relaxing strategy card game where your goal is to discover and attract the best birds. I could not believe this game when I was looking at that. They, uh, really strange. Like it's it's a bird watching. There, video. When you Google yeah. this game, yeah. you actually come to the the actual physical game, and like all its rules and like where to buy sets and stuff and decks. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, the, there's a whole thing for this. Yeah, single player and multiplayer modes for up to five players. Based on the award-winning competitive medium-weight card-driven engine-building board game. There's a lot of qualifiers there. Medium-weight engine. Okay. I think there's a lot more going on in this game than I gave it credit for. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's like, like like, yeah, like, obviously they got, like, a lot of, like, they're putting a lot of effort into, like, using real birds, real environments, real sound recordings. But they say, multiple ways to accumulate points with birds, bonus cards, and end-of-round goals. So this seems like, if you're, uh, I feel like. There will be some familiarity here for people who, like, play card games and, like, board games. Like, there will be something, oh, I get this. Like, I get the blueprint of this. But it's just so different. Like, birds yeah. and stuff. And, like, because I thought it was literally, like, oh, I'm going to scout the forest for a bird and mark it in my journal. And, like, that's just, that's not this at all. The aesthetic right. is one-to-one a bird watcher's book. Yeah. It's it's all very highly accurate illustrations of these birds. Not even it's photographs. It's really interesting. The character that yeah. they present in the trailer is like, oh, stereotypical. Oh, you look like you're ready to go on ex- exploration here. Coming spring 2020. Yeah. Cool. Dicey Dungeons. Developed by Distractionware Limited, a fast-paced deck-building roguelike. Deck-building and roguelike. You lose me with roguelike. Same. Okay, so you lost you with roguelike. I was curious. I want to know. It was like deck building, but roguelike. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're fighting Lady Luck herself. That's the way the whole dice thing comes in. Um, Yeah, it all revolves around dice rolling, I guess. Play six different characters, each with unique play styles and abilities, coming later this year. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, on PC now. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, This next one, Bounty Battle. Developed oh. by Dark Screen Games, published by Merge Games, is the ultimate indie fighting game. A new 2D fighter where you can pit your favorite indie heroes against one another. Indie heroes from games like Guacamelee. Okay. Dead Cells. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Darkest Dungeon. Nice. Yeah. Owl Boy. Okay. It's a pretty eclectic lineup. I like that. Host of game modes, including tournament mode, local multiplayer, tutorial. And training room to master your character. Hey, tutorial is not a joke. Guy, you you need a tutorial. You need a you tutorial need a mode in a fighting game. Yeah. Over twenty fighters from your favorite indie games, each with their own move set and special attacks. Only give us four. Each fighter uh, has their own minion to summon and join the fight. The, on paper, this sounds really exciting, but what they showed of it didn't do anything for me. It's funny. It's dark. 
Yeah, it's it's weirdly dark, and I and, and I, I was gonna say, well, we all we already both know that, or all know that Shovel Knight and Shantae are gonna be in this because they're in every indie. I was literally about to ask, but like, it may be too long. Think, maybe too dark Shovel Knight's for that. appearing in this because I was like, maybe Shovel Knight's not because Shovel Knight got upgraded with that Smash credentials now. He doesn't need them anymore. This is I don't need to use small fries anymore. <laughs> yeah, but that, that that's not the yacht club mentality, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah, I okay. the thing is like I just feel like there's so many indie fighters that already have this as their main pool. Like oh, all these indie crossover characters. Who was the characters. one I played? Brawler, sma- like it was like Brawlhalla. Brawl Brawl yeah, and it's also like, Brawl Out. Yeah, Brawl Out. Yeah, so Brawl Out's got some indie characters. Yeah, that's too, the right? one yeah. I played yeah. it at, like an E3 at Microsoft's booth and had like cameo characters. I was like, oh. Okay. So yeah, it just it, it makes it makes these games. There, because there are the games that have already done this with this kind of pull, the indie version of Smash. Not that this doesn't this doesn't look exactly like Smash. Looks like it's own, doing its own thing. It's a two D fighter but though, so 2D, I think that's yeah. a big difference. Is that a lot of these other ones were like Smash clones or like not? Be, like it depends on right. how good these mechanics are. Exactly. Like if they actually make a legit two D fighter, this that could be interesting. It, that's yeah. Oh, I, I want to say it's two D fighter with two health bars, like Street Fighter. Oh no, mm-hmm. no, but like it's going more in like that direction. I think than even Smash. Yeah, it, it, this looked Maybe less. I'm wrong? I mean, I'm no, sure. of course we only watched it. You know what, yeah. thirty seconds or even that. Because yeah, but you're saying it was hard to like. I didn't even know what I was watching at first. I thought it was yeah. like a beat 'em up or something at mm-hmm. first. I was like, wait, yeah. what is? This? Oh, it's a fighting game. Okay. I, I didn't get Smash vibes from it though. Like I would yeah. something like Brawl Out or Brawlhalla. But I mean, hey, making something that's a little bit more unique—that's a good thing. I agree. Just, you know, right. there's so much. Got to stand out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this next one I think is gonna make it to our group stream at some point. Oh, yeah. Moving Out. <laughs> Developed oh, yeah. by SMG Studio and published by Team 17. Oh, yeah. Team that doesn't surprise very me. busy. Okay, yeah. Uh, moving Out is a ridiculous physics-based moving simulator that brings the new, a new meaning to couch co-op. I mean, that honestly. No? Oh, did not they clever. put couch co-op in, in quotation Co- marks? Yes, they did. Oh, then not clever. Not clever. No. They rely on us to get the pun on our own. Uh-huh. Uh, enjoy the story mode solo as an independent contractor or team up with some friends. Up to four players can cozy up on the couch to argue over the best way to move a couch. You know how I obsessed... I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I mean, I mean that sounds... This looks a lot of fun. It just... It, it looks so much like it's cribbing from Overcooked. Yep. And it's so obvious. It hurts that it's, it's so obvious. However, again, if you're going to pull for something, pull from the best... Overcooked is obviously beloved because it's so great and, yep. and how fun it is as a couch co-op experience. So this does seem like it puts its own spin on it just enough. I, yes. Yeah. I will say, like, Overcooked is a fantastic game. Uh, it's not my it's not my personal favorite type Same. of game, but I really understand its appeal. And there's something about, like, uh, a culinary game that it, it's everyone's kind of familiar with cooking and the basics of that stuff. And it's still drawing on it like that chaos of, like, multiple people trying to do multiple tasks. But for some reason, I think... Is more than food in a kitchen. Moving furniture is more going to be more universally it speaks to people more universally. <laughs> the frustration oh, yeah. of moving a piece of furniture because cooking is kind of like a joy for people. It's something they take a passion in, and like it's like eating as well. Whereas moving, <laughs> no I, one likes moving. I, I, even the people <laughs> who are paid to do it, I don't think like moving. Yeah, it's sure. something you dread, you don't want to do, and especially moving large sums of furniture across like this in chaotic fashion. This is like. I think this has the potential to be, I and mean, as you said, why not just you know copy the best? And yeah, I, I think this concept is really good. I'm surprised no one's done it before this. So. Same, yeah, uh, yeah. This they give some more about like the the storyline about it. They're saying obviously they're saying like uh, 
obviously how you move stuff from point A to B is not like it's there's not gonna be a shortest path and stuff. So like don't expect like obvious paths to get through. Got to get creative, uh, working with your partner, working by yourself. And they, this is kind of funny. Every moving company starts small, but as your reputation ranks up, so does your destinations. Move through sleepy suburbs, frenzied farms, haunted houses, virtual reality, <laughs> and lands beyond. <laughs> no, so nice. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a smart game. It's yeah. a smart game for right now. It's it's trend watching, and I think it's oh they, for sure. Playing this really well. There's a Agreed. there's definitely yeah. a craving for this type of game. Yeah. And this bat this last part, great. Are you a rookie? No problem. Adjust the game's difficulty so everyone can play. Oof. Like I, that, I think is a missing thing from a lot of games. It's yes. like let people play on an easier setting if they really want to. For like a multiplayer fun party game like this, it should absolutely be there. Mm-hmm. Coming April twenty eighth, two thousand twenty. So okay. it has, it has so. a firm actual date. I think the only one besides the shadow drops to have an actual <clears throat> release date. And finally, we come to the last game of our Indie World Showcase. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the one where they go, we have one last game. We're gonna have to... mm-hmm. They were blunt this time. They said, we have one last game. And then when it was done, because I think they sniffed a little bit that there might be some slight, oh, there's got to be something else. This wasn't your big finish. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when they came back after this game, they're like, no, that's really it. We're not lying. Thank mm-hmm. you for watching. Yeah. And I was like, you only say that when you know something's up. Yeah. So I wonder if something maybe got pulled or something, but we don't need to speculate about that because what actually happened was Exit the Gungeon was their big finish for this Indie World Showcase, a game that's already out on mobile devices and is now out on Steam and Switch. It was the second shadow drop of this Indie World Showcase. Is the whole game an elevator ride? Pretty much. So Hmm. obviously published by Devolver Digital, Dodge Roll Developing. Uh, It is a Blood Hell Dungeon climber. Uh, Immediately following the adventure of the Misfits, the, of enter, uh, the following the adventure of uh, entered a gungeon. I can't say gungeoneers. Is that what they're called? Sure. That's pretty good. That's their word for it. Yeah. Uh, the gungeon has become a paradox since collapsing. Uh, armed with ever an ever-changing weapon, uh, an insatiable need to loot, and the trusty dodge roll, each of your heroes must ascend and escape via their own unique route of increasingly perilous elevators. So, okay. yeah, and the way I would describe it differently from Enter the Gungeon, uh, which was top-down, is this is a side. Yeah. So you're jumping around and dealing with gravity. True. It, it right. has a horizontal movement, but, like, there's still a vertical nature to it because things are still coming from top-down mm-hmm. at you as well. So it's kind of like mixing up, like, vertical shoot em up and horizontal shoot em up a little bit. Interesting, yeah. I, I, the vibe <clears throat> I got from it a little bit. Love that idea, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of uh, You got a game called Enter the Gungeon. Like, hey, why not exit... I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. With all this emphasis, they keep saying it's frantic, fast paced, like, you know, got to get the heck out of there. But they say there might be some opportunities to slow down and chat with some familiar faces, even a few familiar ones, just for a brief amount of time. Shops. Shops. Yeah. yeah. Shops. Yeah. Shifting rooms. Uh, they talk about shifting rooms. Um, mentioned this generic stuff. So, yeah. I know a lot of people liked Enter the Gungeon. Mm-hmm. A sequel should, you know, go over well with people. I think the fact that it's already out on another platform, um, it's a little. The last few Indie World showcases have ended with something that was unknown. I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. it was even, even if you don't agree, it was a big deal. It was still surprising, right? I don't think this was too terribly surprising. <clears throat> Axiom yeah. Verge round two rounded out last time. I was going to say that, that was yeah. As, as little as they yeah. showed about that, that was still a big deal and like woo coming out sometime in the future. But hey, 
and we got Cadence of Hyrule. I mean, I think that's like the high bar of like shock value. Yeah, right. But even like, uh, uh, like I was expecting Hollow Knight. I was expecting a to lot see of people. A little were. bit. I was like, Silk Song were. is gonna wrap us up here, baby. Yeah. I don't need, we don't need to really say anything, but show me something, just a little taste of something new, something in that vein. And I didn't get it. And I. F- for some reason, I feel more justified in feeling disappointed at the conclusion of this than before. Usually, when you don't get what you want out of a direct, it's like that's on you, man. Like, uh-huh. learn your lesson. But for some reason, indie world showcases and even indies have been a little bit formulaic. I feel they have had a flow to them. They like uh, we talked about earlier, and I think I'm, I I really would love to know if this was something else was meant for for being here. This leads all that crazy speculation and stuff. Like right. I guess my question, I like to make this a conversation. Do you think this was a worthy conclusion to uh, the any the world showcase? And also, do you think it's fair of someone like me to like look at it that way? Uh, and is it unfair to this game and stuff? You this know? is the thing. I think I think Cadence of Hyrule shouldn't have been in an indie showcase <laughs> uh, because it did set up. Too high of expectations for sure. These these things should just be highlighting little games that aren't getting enough attention. And so Damiani, it, it scares me to think that they have to think of making it an event every time. And so that's what that's right. that kind of thinking is what makes it me uh, apprehensive about it. And that, and that may be actually a good thing to kind of you know to have those expectations reset because I think the question of whether this was a strong finish also depends, to be fair, on whether you're a fan of Enter the Gungeon or not. You know, I didn't play it. I didn't dislike it. I just didn't play it. So for me, the appeal of this being the big finisher was lost on me. That doesn't mean it wasn't a worthy finish. I mean, if I was a hardcore Enter the Gungeon fan and that was my game of whatever year it came out, that's a huge finish. But the same could be said of Axiom Verge 2, minus the fact that it was a complete unknown. I think, as you said, part of the problem was that this game already exists on mobile. Uh, It's not a completely new factor. But... You know, for someone who doesn't care about Metroidvania titles, they probably thought Axiom Verge 2 was a crappy finish. So, or let's not say crappy, let's say just a, a disappointing finish. So I think partially it comes, it has to do with where you're coming at it from, but I don't think it's an unfair conclusion because I feel the same way. I thought it was kind of a slightly deflating finish, although I understood outside of myself why it would be exciting for some viewers. Sure. Yeah. Let me reframe it a little bit then. I don't expect like a mega like Cadence Hyrule was, was obviously uh, an abnormality. Yeah, and I do agree it probably didn't need to be. It could have fit into a normal direct and been huge on its own. Yeah, within the scale of like indie games and not expecting like a megaton announcement, I feel like I have an expectation, and it's a realistic expectation that the finale of Indie World Direct, if you're going to set it up as like something to close out your showcase, something at least unknown. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were games. Sure. I feel there are maybe some games at the beginning of this that could have taken the place of the end. Yeah. That we've talked about already. And also I think there are games from last indie showcase potentially that could have made a second appearance here that would have, you know, an update to them that could have served. So I guess like either a big update, a new update to something, showing off something new about it, or just a new unveiling of a new indie game that we haven't heard about yet that they feel is special. I, I know there are a lot of people out there. They work really hard in their games, and they want everyone to take them, you know, seriously. And they, hopefully, they lead to success and everything that comes with that. But I also think there's a lot of indie games is being developed at any time, and I think Nintendo has the ability to reach out and like find a game that like this is our closer. Like every three, right. or, 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 or they do these like two, maybe three times a year. 
I feel like they can have they can find a closer. I'm looking at this. I'm criticizing this basically on an entertainment value right here. And here's I actually yeah. get it. I actually get it, Damiani. I get where you're coming from. So my my opinion is right. Just, these are cute shows. The the highest the most escalated reaction you should have is oh neat cool. But uh, if if it is only just cool neat indie games every time, the audience will reduce. And so sure. for, the for the finale, is, <clears throat> for the entire thing. Oh, I don't. For, I don't. I'm, not, I'm not arguing for the whole thing. I'm just right. saying for the finale. Right. So if you do save this cool showstopper for the finale and everything, your audience increases, and you have more eyeballs on the entire show. And so that's where I get you. You do ha kind of have to put on a show to draw in the crowds. Right. And that I believe. I believe. I'm. I'm with you on the same page there. Actually. I mean, I think maybe part of the appeal too was that this was the console debut. And that was kind of like, hey, we got that console timed exclusive, yeah. which for a game, an indie game with the name power that Enter the Gungeon has, that's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. But it isn't as big a deal as something completely new that came out of nowhere, especially something completely new with name power like Axiom Verge 2. So, you know, I, I definitely, it, it, it does make me wonder, you know, kind of just want to just consider whether that actually was always the, the end of the presentation. And if there was something that was pulled at the last second. For whatever reason, whether it's coronavirus or something else, oh yeah, you know, it, I, yeah, it does I, make me wonder. Yeah, I didn't have to, like, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. My final thought on this, so I don't want to dwell on this too much, is that I would close my argument saying I feel like you could have taken everything that was presented in here and just rearranged one or two things, and it would have been a, it could have improved it. I hear. Uh, let's take mm -hmm. something else that was presented here and made it its closer, and put Enter the Gungeon more towards like the a different spot. I mean, they could have uh, they could have ended with uh, the last campfire because Hello Games has name power. Sean Murray, yeah, having you know, Sean Murray, yeah. like at the yeah. end, like, like that would have been a good surprising. Whoa, what is this? Oh, this is it now. I know yeah. that technically the last campfire has been known by people who follow the company. It was but a vague for, teaser though. The last time yeah. we saw it, yeah. And so for a lot of us, I think that would have been like, whoa, what is this cool new game? And then have you know, you know, keep that momentum going with Enter Exit the Gungeon in the middle of the presentation. Sure. Like I think that might have been maybe the way to do it. Even I think it would have been an awesome thing to even have like Swery's. Uh, speech be the ending like mm -hmm. one last thing and then all of a sudden it's sweary on screen just like hey guess what you know uh, here's this what Wild Alice is looking right. on and like this is the newest uh, new look the latest look at our game here and even though we we, we, we know about it it's like hey that's still a cool conclusion yeah I don't know maybe I'm just getting too I always I'm always an advocate for like people need to chill out on directs and stuff right. <laughs> for but sure. for some reason any directs it's like I watched them and they're generally pretty good. I just always feel the last few, like, last one did end on a good thing with Axiom Verge, but I feel like the flow of them, there's a weird arrangement sometimes. Also, sure. I, I the sizzle reel thing, it's nice to put in there, but like, because it, it, uh, you covered those games that would like double the length of the, the video presentation, but at the same time, I was like, why? I, I guess it's visibility, but some of those games, mm -hmm. like Blair Witch. Why is Blair Witch in here? Mm -hmm. That is a good question. I was like, Blair Witch doesn't yeah. belong in here. To I'm me, it's, sorry. Like, it's like, we have this too. We uh -huh. have this. We but, have this too. Yeah. So Let like, me okay. clarify my argument. Right. Yeah. I think you could have cut some of those sizzle games and added one or two of them and actually talked about them for a little bit. Right. Like Sky Switch version. Like, hey, talk about this. I agree. Talk about, like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sky Capped. Uh, oh, Sky Racket. Sky Racket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. You yeah. could have, like, picked those who, like, let's talk about these for just a little bit longer. I'm like, I think that makes a stronger presentation. Sizzle reels to me are just like, hey, some people, the company, they want you to talk about this stuff. Just throw it out there. It's like, ah, everyone knows what you're doing. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, 
it's I don't want to say it's like goes so mean to say it's wasteful, but I think it it hurts the overall thing in the end. And if that's mean, I I don't mean to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest so, about it. Yeah, yeah every, sure. Every these will do better. The games will do better. The more people who watch. So yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Plus, it's also difficult when you have a sizzle reel like that. There's no clear delineation between what makes a game worthy of not being on the sizzle reel, reel versus yeah. not being a big enough deal to, to not being a big enough deal to not be. I on guess it. it's like it's yeah. like why why is Sky or Skyracket? Why are those more? So important this is than, like. But again, yeah. that's all subjective though. That's the thing is like that's a, an endless rabbit hole. That's such a good point. Ash. Like um yeah, I was obviously being clouded by my own bias here. Like this is Damiani's definitive <laughs> vision, but someone's yeah. all like there'd yeah. be like way more people are like telling you you're like I'm gonna see comments. Dude, you're insane. What are you talking about? It was great that these things it was yeah. great and like I I I'm I get it. Like I could absolutely be in the the minority here about this, but Oh and, and that's why what we were saying earlier yeah. about the range of, of titles here is always so great because if we're Designed by me, it would probably be all platformers, rhythm games, and, you know, and, yeah, platformers and rhythm games, probably. <laughs> so, you know, it's good that, that they do such a good job, despite the pacing issues sometimes and despite the balance issues. One thing I notice is that they always seem to, to really take a scattershot approach of really nailing lots of different genres, age groups, mm-hmm. vibes, art styles. And I think they did that well here, too. Say something poignant, I guess. I guess this boils down to I guess the less I'm learning from this, it just gives me a lot more respect for the people who put these together and the mm-hmm. the, the oh, difficulty sure. between doing this. Yeah. Um. Because despite everything I said, it's still a very excellently put together presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm really glad they do this. I'm really glad they highlight indie games like this. Same. And like do make this. They make it an ordeal. The fact that we're even <clears throat> arguing over ah make a bigger fish is like. That has so much wonders for like indie games and yeah. like indie developers, I think. So, well, Nintendo's really yeah. stepped up, you know, as I said earlier with the whole pixel junk stuff. I mean, there was a time where you wouldn't believe it, but PlayStation were doing what Nintendo's doing now with indies, they were the ones propping indies up, and that's where you went. You know, PlayStation was the indie destination. Xbox before that had the summer of arcade, and they, they were propping up indies, and Microsoft still does it to a degree, but Nintendo now has stepped in as the de facto no, we are the indie guys. We are where you want to go to be visible, and you know if you're into indie games, the Switch is where you want to be. And I really appreciate that Nintendo does dedicate these whole presentations and and don't just throw them into a sizzle reel at the end of a main direct because they, no one would ever care or even see them. It, it, you know, so I really do appreciate that they put the production money and time into these presentations that are all about indies, completely separate from what they and we all know most people buy a Switch for, which are the big Nintendo. IP. So, you know, good on Nintendo for making that a focus of, of theirs, I think. 100% agree. That is going to do it for our episode of Friend Code. Um, there were no patron questions this time because you can see this episode is uh, coming up on uh, two hours. So I, I, <laughs> Yo, I, is it really? It's been two is hours? Is it really? Well, the recording wow. says two hours, but we didn't start recording it. So we're creeping up so on it. So we're creeping, creeping up, up on, on it. it. Okay. But right. I know this. I know when we're doing a any kind of direct thing, it's always going to be a minimum of like around two hours. You got another right. direct next week, buddy. Oh, that, that hasn't been confirmed. <laughs> Be- behave, Kyle. <laughs> this is what this is why I lectured on past episodes. Stop assuming things yep. are going to uh-huh. be happening. Yes, but uh, there's rumors out there that says one might will probably happen next week. Hey, 
We'll see. If it yeah. is, I'll be delighted. I'll be Same. excited. Let's talk about it. Since we we didn't, we didn't get into the whole original topic we were talking about was like E3 going away and stuff. But you know what? We'll save it for next time. And even if there's a direct or something, we talk about the effect of uh, the direct in E3 and stuff like that. But there were no patron uh, questions this time. However, uh, if you'd like to submit a question for a future episode of Friend Code, and we're actually going to be doing patron Q&A for that episode, I will make a post the week we are recording. Uh, $5 and up patrons, you can then submit your questions for that episode for consideration. And also, if you're a $5 patron, you are part of our early access tier. You get episodes of Friend Code and some of our other shows early. Um, so for those of you joining this on Wednesdays, thank you very much for your support. And for those of you who watch it on when it goes public on Fridays, thank you for just watching it and supporting the show. Um, thank you so much for that. We also got some shout outs <laughs> for the month of March 2020. Shout outs to El Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Will Schmuck, and Mr. One Luigi. All in unison. Shout, Shout out. out. I had to guess that on the fly. You did, I... you did better than I did. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. Mine was short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I messed up. I didn't want to do the, I don't do the cadence thing. Got it. I'm not ripping off another, the podcast. Got it. Nice. Yeah. That was the the thing I went to the first time. I was like, no, you can't do this. Come on, man. Yeah. But every thank podcast you. <laughs> has their own shout yeah, outs. I guess, yeah. I guess not that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, again, thank you. Uh, Shout outs again. And uh, thank you both of you for joining me this late uh, Tuesday night recording. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. Indie World Showcase, always a pleasure to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Always a fun time. And thank you very much, Kyle, for doing the, the ranking of this. This yes. is official. Yes. Right. yes, the official ranking and locking it in. <clears throat> Boom. Can't dispute this. It's official, 100%, uh, endorsed by the Pokemon Company. Uh, <laughs> you can find it on there. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, thank you for doing that. That was a lot of fun, Kyle. And until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.